This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that still can't believe we're doing this on a bank holiday Sunday. We must be mad. Anyway, Leicester on Saturday was a chance to really get Chelsea's stuttering start to the season well and truly motoring. Tuchel, watching from high up in the East End, had similar ideas, starting with a 4-4-2. Uh, I was very hope- hopefully it was a 4-4-2, as in Mike Bassett, but actually people keep telling me it was more of a 4-2-2. Two, 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 whatever. Formation with Gallagher partnering Jorginho and Mount and Cheek advanced behind Sterling and Havertz. Best laid plans and all that were binned after 30 minutes when Connor Gallagher received two yellow cards in seven minutes and was sent off. Awful for Gallagher, who admittedly was as culpable as Koulibaly the week before and potentially difficult for Chelsea. To Tuchel and Chelsea's credit, they changed things up at half-time with Mount going off, replaced by Aspie as we went back to a back three and five in midfield to stifle Leicester. Raheem scored two sumptuous goals to break his Chelsea duck before Leicester pulled one back out of nowhere to leave Chelsea clinging on for the last 15 minutes. It was a bit like Rourke's drift, but assisted by some great support, Chelsea got home to pick up a win, which proves their mentality is strong and may well serve the team well going forward. And the title of tonight's show is Sterling Effort, Chelsea Fancast number 924. And I need to, uh, for those of you who are uh, perhaps unfamiliar with my Rourke's Drift, I'm going to break with tradition. Sorry, JK. It'll also allow you time to finish your, your dinner. We've got Alex Churchill on the show tonight, the lovely, lovely Alex. But of course, Alex is a historian. Could you explain to people about my Rourke's drift reference i was going to say the alamo because the yanks would understand that but of course they, they lost didn't they whereas rock's drift is more appropriate i think for the leicester chelsea game is it appropriate to now point out i've been drinking since three o'clock and my knowledge of rock's drift is roughly equivalent to granddad in only falls in horses. you are you are an epic <laughs> fail i know more about history than alex churchill the historian 
Oh, dear. They made a film of it called Zulu. They made a film of that. JK brings the film reference in, of course. Yeah. We're all going to die. All I can hear is Grandad going on about how that his um, bloke was his great. Oh, I don't know. There was something to do with Grandad from Only Fools and Horses getting shot at Rourke's Drift. Um, mm. And it was a very inaccurate historical reference, but that's the only one in my head. Well, right. Rock's Drift was uh, part of the Zulu Wars. We uh, we basically um, had a small garrison. It was a hospital garrison. It's all in the film. Go and watch the film Zulu with Michael Caine, Stanley Baxter. Or listen to the Phil Daniels. Phil, Phil Daniels is in it. A very young Phil Daniels is in it as well, with, uh, with acting with the wonderful Peter Vaughan, who Jonathan probably knew. We did a fantastic episode of History Hack on that battle, actually. There you and go. You know all about it. Someone who really did know what they were talking about told us about it. Well, there um, we go. But basically, about 150 brave, gallant British soldiers were surrounded by thousands of Zulus, and they fended them off one by one with their Henry Martini rifles. I, I have a replica Henry Martini rifle, actually, incidentally. Uh, anyway, and uh, they basically won the day, as as indeed Chelsea did. We're going to be talking all about the Chelsea win over Leicester, obviously, tonight. But I'm going to introduce the legend in his own lunchtime, the fantabulous Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, Chidge, how lovely. Rockstriff was also known as um, Kwajimu, Jim's Land in the Zulu language. Did you know that? It was originally a mission station of the Church of Sweden. I knew that. Well, you know, there's that funny um, actor. Little bit in the film. Freddie Jones. Freddie Jones plays him. There you go. That's right. Knowledge, mate. Freddie Jones. Where did that come out from? Bloody hell. Oh, brilliant. What an actor he was. He was. Slightly slightly over the top and played lots of um, um, uh, pissed characters, probably because I think that's... Well, he was the one that uttered the immortal line, we're all going to die, and then was said, and then he did get killed. But anyway, I wasn't that um, um, Hawkins? No. Okay. Okay. There you go. Who have we got on the show tonight? Well, we know, don't we? But would you like to say hello to her? Oh, she's, 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 I'm, I'm in awe. I'm always in awe of Alex, Alex Churchill and her. Her excellent knowledge of football and history and being an all-round good egg and uh, lovely person so and it's gr- great to have her on the show because she's always so knowledgeable so uh, yeah we had the best time at Tottenham didn't we we had a fab time at Tottenham although we got rather annoyed with Ryan Mason because he was basically the font of all the antagonism on the benches wasn't and he? that other and that other thin bloke they yeah. had and at any bloke. point if they'd have said sit down and shut up you dick to him, then the whole lot wouldn't have ended up in madness. And that's what my objection was to all of this thing, that it all being Tuchel's fault, when in actual fact the Spurs bench had been winding everybody up from the very yeah. beginning. OK, let's not, let's not relitigate the Spurs match. Uh, right, on the show tonight, in part one, we discuss Gallagher's sending off, obviously, and its potential impact on him, which would be more interesting, I think. Uh, we also uh, talk about Tuchel's changing formations, because we I talked about this on Friday, and uh, I, the last thing I really expected was what he did, but well done him. Pra- uh, we're going to praise Sterling and Chaloba in part two, and uh, and we're going to worry about Mount's form as well, because I am a bit worried about that. And we're going to discuss why Chelsea will need a very big squad going forward with one eye on the transfer window shutting on Wednesday night. In part three, we've got some cracking emails to read out, and we wrap up in part four with a preview of the Southampton and Chelsea match, which is on Tuesday night, which is one of the reasons why we're doing this uh, on a Sunday night. But uh, don't let that confuse you, because as ever... 
You can listen to the show live every Monday, usually at 7pm. Tonight it's on a Sunday at slightly later time. But usually we're on on a Monday at 7pm and you go to mixler.com forward slash Chelsea-Fancast. And the reason you would do that is not just to listen to the show, but to join in uh, with the chat that many of them have. There's loads and loads of people in there tonight. We've got Anne Lester in the house. Lovely to see Anne Lester. Uh, Brian Justman, a uh, denizen of the Discord group. I'll be mentioning that later. We've got Eddie Eddie Mac B-A-W-A, or better known to us as the lovely Mark Meehan. Ash, Ash Pinto's in. Great to see Ash in there. Loads of people in there. So there you go. Uh, we'll be back in a tiny second to talk about the Chelsea versus Leicester match. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, just to quickly pick up on, on the old team selection front, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see that he did pick Trevo, Chaloba, which I... I, I wasn't... You got it right, Chuch. Yeah, well, right. yeah, but I got everything else vastly wrong. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the formation and everything else. Do you know what? Let's launch straight into Connor getting sent off, shall we? Because I think that, that in a sense, dictated how the game went, irrespective of how they changed although I did like I mean you know it, it was interesting to see that he started four two two two, which he thinks was more aggressive he was saying that in the press conference and to a degree he was right of course Connor going off changes everything now JK I thought your fan bite was excellent as they always are my own view which you know admittedly is from the back of the Matthew Harding um I thought the first yellow card was harsh you know, I thought it was a coming together. I don't think he took him out. I think I think the second one was nailed on. It was a professional foul. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, he deserved to go. He had two yellow cards. But I thought the first was harsh. So on that basis, it was a bit of a, mm, you know. And that's pretty much what you said in the fan bite, wasn't it? Um. Well, yeah, there was a. We were all talking about it at the time. He was, he was running around like a like a whirling dervish. Well, I, was, I thought, by the way, actually, can I just quickly say, I thought he he was playing brilliantly. He was, I was yeah, thinking, he, look, yeah, Kante esque, yeah, ratting for the ball. Two wonderful tackles. Yeah. He did completely brilliant, getting the ball back. Um, where um, they could have been foul tackles, and they weren't very clean tackles. And it also, it's one of his strengths, his ability to uh, to. Um, just scrag and intercept, which we saw at Palace, and we saw, and that was the reason why he was selected for England because he he was terrific doing that, and Proper that is out of, it, out of his skill, absolutely. But the problem with being booked, which I just felt that um, what was it, Tierney was just um, um, you know, yeah, com- yeah, as Alex is doing at the moment with a, a very interesting hand gesture that known very well to to many well, people. Ironically, she's doing the Gareth Gareth Hunt shuffle. Yeah, the Gareth. Yes, indeed, indeed. It kind um, of works in both ways, really, doesn't it? I, I felt that he was just sort of. It was that thing of the ref stamping his his authority on the game, you know. And I, I, my fear was because he was playing at such a high tempo. I'm sure everybody felt the same. We were all going, "Oh, he's really got to put a slight lid on it." And a challenge came up immediately afterwards, and we were all going, "Don't go in, don't go in," because he was right on top, and he didn't, and he he shepherded it out. But he is such a battler 
And I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan. I think anybody who battles like him, um, it, that, that's one of the problems you've got with it. But you just knew that given the circumstance that he was the last man from corners um, uh, to sprint back, which is what Conte does all the time, that uh, if something like that did happen, he'd be on a hiding to nothing. And it was Cucurella's pass backwards to him, which was just um, which bounced in front of him and the, the Leicester player got the ball. And that's what Leicester are very good at is breaking from the opposition corner. That's one of the 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 the, the breaks that they do to score the counterattack, a very Vardy-esque moment. The ball gets then from there booted to Vardy. So I, I you know, you just saw his reaction. You just thought he's going to foul him now. I just saw it all happening um, just seconds ahead because he was behind the action. He'd been bypassed. He was the last man. And inevitably he was sent off. But um, uh, I agree completely. It shouldn't have been um, a a yellow card in the first place, but he awarded it. Um, We were actually saying around us, take him off, substitute him now, because he is so high energy. He is a brilliant high energy player. And we must not use this as an opportunity. It was taking place on uh, on the social media to try and loan him out or sell him. And the most bizarre thing that we're now um, offering. I mean, it's made well, no, no, let's, let's not get off the point yet. No, no, but it's not, it's not the point. No, I, I wanted to come in on that because you, you've made, you've made an excellent point, which if you carry on for another three minutes, we'll, we'll get lost. Right, we'll I, get there, we'll get I don't there, want, I, I don't no, want it to be lost because I think it's brilliant. And it also segues straight into what I, uh, yeah, what no, else he, I wanted he, to he, talk about. I, I have everything. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think, that I, I'm I'm really intrigued about the take him off idea. I hadn't thought of that at all, and the reason I'm intrigued by that is my next question, which I want to put to Alex, is what impact this may have on Gallagher because he was clearly distraught when he came off. He realised what he'd done and he'd felt he'd let everybody down. He's had a horrible start to his full Chelsea career, as we know. Leeds was a horror show for all of them. And now he's got sent off in half an hour. The thing is, Alex, I mean, I want to talk about all of that. But I wonder if, if I mean, if JK and his mates were right and Tuchel had taken him off after 25 minutes, what would that have done to his confidence? So I, I think, think it's a double-edged sword here, really. It is. I don't think after that first booking, I don't think there was any right way to deal with him that wasn't going to hurt him. Um, I just, the whole thing to me was like youthful exuberance and inexperience. Kante in that situation would never have gone in on that second tackle. I mean, if you are not on a yellow card, he did absolutely the right thing. He shut it down. Um, I do think there's a case for, it was a foul. He wasn't the last man. Uh, But on on the basis of Tierney, thus far in the game, he was always going to book him for it, especially because he booked him for nothing (laughs) already. Um, And an older, more experienced player, not so desperate to make an impact, would not have made the decision that he made. Um, And he paid for it. He did. And I think, I just, he's young and stupid. Um, Well, I mean, this is the point. And he'll learn from it. He will never do that again. He will never throw himself in like that again. Or you would hope that he wouldn't. You would hope he would learn for it. But it's a tough lesson to take. Um, And I just hope that, I hope that, that he's not been made to feel like. Well, shit. I I hope so he too. Didn't get the three points. But this is the point that I, I want to make. I mean, Tuchel. I I read Tuchel's presser when I got back home yesterday, but I was rather tired. I wasn't drunk. Cause I had to drive, but I was pretty pooped, and I I was a bit cross actually. I thought it hung him out to dry, and then I've read it again today, and I don't think he's hung him out to dry. If I read you what he said, 
he was talking about red cards in general twice. It, it is absolutely not necessary. And to give such a huge disadvantage, we have to stop doing this. We cannot behave like this if we're on yellow cards, which backs up what both of you are saying. We have to learn very, very fast. This must be the absolute exception from the rule and cannot be repeated. Wonderfully Teutonic there. Um, talking about Connor specifically, he said today he's responsible for what he did, which I've no complaints with, of course. He knows it was a huge mistake. We spoke briefly after the game and things like this can happen. It's not purely his fault alone, which is what JK was saying, because it's a set piece for us. And it's sloppy how we take, take set pieces at the moment. And he then goes on to say later on, at the end of this chain is a decision that brings such a huge disadvantage after 25 minutes. It's a very, very bad decision from Connor. And of course, he is upset. Everybody was upset in this moment because it almost kills the whole football match. Now, very quickly, Alex, I just want to come in with, you know, given that, given, given how distraught he seemed when he went off, you know, what needs to happen now is that Tuchel needs to show his management, his man management skills, you know, to, to pick him up off the floor whilst chastising him and trying to stop him from doing something silly again. You know, you can't, you know, I, I, what we can't have is a Mourinho-esque type but a management here where he just says, oh, well, you can fuck off on loan then because you're no good to me. That would be a disaster. Sorry, that, I just want to have that out there, yeah. you know, now. I don't, I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think he is because the key to that was I spoke to him briefly. There's no fucking, um, sorry, I've been drinking. In case you hadn't noticed, I'm slightly drunk, so I'm not responsible for the amount of swearing I do tonight. Uh, I, I don't think there's any uh, inquest. I don't think there's any deep, meaningful, existential conversation. I spoke to him briefly, which to me says, he said, you know what you did wrong. You paid for it. It could have cost us the game. Let's move on. And for me, I think just... Please, God, pick him against West Ham. Um, yeah, he'd be great. Ham, yeah. Right? Just pick him again, put him straight yeah. back in and let him learn from it. I, yeah, you... I, I too, too short's too smart and too less an egomaniac to do a Mourinho and send him out on loan and stuff. That's what I would hope. JK? Isn't he suspended for the West Ham game? It, no, he's he's Southampton. Southampton. Oh, sorry, he'll miss Southampton. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think he's integral. I don't think you can afford to to send him out on loan. Who are they going to get in there? They're not going to get another midfielder in. Also, he he played for England. He played wonderfully for Palace. If he's he's clearly unbelievably keen on impressing um, and yeah. making an impact. And he the consequence. And now he's learned the hard way not to be too keen and too impactful on yeah, a yeah. because it, it can have negative consequences. Um, and Tuchel's smart enough to to yeah, use to realise that. But he, he was running around like a madman. I kept thinking, God, it's great tackles, but blimey, you're, what are you on? You know, there was a feeling of that. It was like a, it was like a dog who's been let out after several weeks who just wants to go around and. and yeah, I mean, I know footballers aren't famed for being smart, are they? But you would hope now that you would not see Conor Gallagher come out and run around like a lunatic and get sent off after 25 minutes because he will have learned his lesson. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, well, look, I, I think it, you know it almost goes without saying that everybody on the Chelsea fancast, of course, just loves Conor Gallagher to pieces. He's desperate to see him do well. We all think there's a hell of a player in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, I hope he gets the support that he needs, you know, by the club and that uh, he does, in fact, learn from this. He, he was a plonker. Let's let's call it what it was. But, you know, it's not a shooting offence and uh, he'll come back all the merrier. My advice to anybody else is just ignore everything on social media. Now, I'm going to move on to the penalty, unless you've got something of such earth-staggering importance, Alex. I was just going to say that um, don't let him go, because even his bouncy hair screams 
energy and yeah. positivity and I want to do well for Chelsea. And you'd be a moron to let that go. No, I agree. Right now, um, I had a an interesting view of this. Of course, it happened so bloody quickly, but it was down our end. Uh, I mean, I, mu- I must at this point say what an absolutely sumptuous pass by Ruben Loftus-Cheek. But, uh, you know, Sterling goes down in the box, obviously a penalty. Yeah, obviously a penalty. Um, what I didn't realise was that apparently J.K. Havertz's uh, fingernail was offside. Wasn't it Cheek who went down into the penalty? Sorry, area? you're right. It was Cheek, wasn't it? So I asked the people on Discord because I couldn't remember who did this sumptuous pass, and they assured me it was the pass for the penalty. So did Cheek start the move and end up on the end of it? Can I just say he was less offside, whoever it was, than Harry Kane was today? Oh, well, yeah. And they still got awarded a goal. So no doubt. No doubt, but uh, I mean, well, they've got it in. Chidge. They've definitely got it in for Chelsea now. They, they're, they're, that's the that's the, the kind of of mealy mouthed, um, uh, pathetic reaction to stuff. It's got it. Any anything going? I'd love them to say. I'd love to say they're objective, but no. If they've got an opportunity to find fault with the Chelsea player, they will do it because they're looking for revenge because they've been made to look. Difficult. They made to look tricky. They've been made. It's been embarrassing. The whole process of Cucurella and the hair, and um, and Dean having to admit he got it wrong, and uh, and Tuchel coming out and um, and making remarks about Taylor. It, it's you can you can see that they're going to not look favourably on any on any uh, um, decision, and and they would say that we're we're not biased at all. We're not involved in that. I just think psychologically they have decided that. Oh, it's Chelsea. We better let's see what we can make of this. I just think even subconsciously something's happening with it because it was so little. Now, having said that, I actually don't think it was a penalty. I think he was very fortunate to get the penalty. Cheek. He just seemed to dive into him. And I think the man as big as Cheek going down with such yeah. a bomb was a yeah. little bit suspicious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I wasn't too too upset when the penalty penalty wasn't awarded. And yet when you then look at the line that they drew and you think, for fuck's sake, what bit of it was offside? What is going on in their heads? Oh, we can find a bit. We can find something yeah, offside. Yeah, you know, it's a bit, well, of, his, a bit I mean, of his shoelace. The worst yeah. thing, of course, none of us in the ground had a fucking clue what was going on. No, absolutely. This is the disgrace. Hang on. No, no hang on. This yeah, is the disgrace. This is the disgrace of VAR. In cricket, you know what's going on. You see yeah. it on a video screen. In rugby, you know. In rugby, you know what's going on because the, you can hear the referee. Why are we treated like such Gareths in the game? Can I just tell you that they promised that wouldn't happen? I sat at Stockley Park. They invited three people from every club to go and see how this shit was going to run when they brought in VAR. And they sat us in the room where they do it. And they said, the fans in the ground, it's really important that they know exactly what's going on and they'll be communicated with at all times and see replays and they'll know exactly what's happening. They fucking lied. I totally agree. Um, okay, moving it on. Um, I thought it was fascinating. I mean, I'm 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 really intrigued by this whole. I mean, uh, people insist on calling it four two two two. Why can't they just call it four four fucking two like your uncle Chidge has always called it? But anyway, the four two two two. I'm intrigued by this because this is Tuchel's attempt to do what we've been moaning about, which is to basically, you know, have 
more midfielders, if you like, providing for the strikers to have more creativity and attack-mindedness going forward from midfield. So to have Mount and Cheek in those roles, I thought was fascinating. Although, of course, Gallagher is very capable of doing that too. But it went to shit as soon as Gallagher went off, clearly. Uh, what I, what he did at half-time I thought was fantastic because they came out, like again, like Gallagher did, but with more sense, really. I mean, the the change he made at half-time were brilliant. Aspie comes on, goes to back three. We've got our wing-backs up. Uh, we got we still have two up front because I think he's playing five in midfield, basically. Or it, it varies depending on what's in position. But I think the point that I'm really trying to make here is the two goals, the two goals that we scored were absolutely brilliant, number one. I mean, Sterling's goal, I mean, I know it took a bit of a deflection off the defender to loop over the guy, but it was a great goal and it was a great movement to set it up. The second goal, I nearly wet myself with excitement. I sat there next to Mark, this lovely chap I met uh, who listens to the show, who ended up, poor bloke, sitting next to me for the match. But uh, I said, that is a proper goal. That is a proper striker's goal because it was a brilliant cross from James uh, from the right and... Sterling was there, nobody on him, a yard out to tap it in. Give me goals like that every day of the fucking week and I will die a happy man. It was a wonderful move as well from defence. The number of passes that came out for that was fantastic. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, JK, hello, what's our main attacking threat again? What is it that Tuchel really likes? It's wing-backs. That's where the attacking threat comes from in a Tuchel-Chelsea team, so it would appear. And uh, Rhys James played out of his skin. Phenomenal performance. What a player. Wasn't it? He's head and shoulders above everybody else. Apart from Silver, maybe. Yeah. Who was outstanding. Outstanding. Counted at least four or five integral blocks that just shut them down at key moments. Can I just say, though, that I don't even think it was... The halftime substitutions made a difference, but whatever he did in response to the sending off, there was like 10 minutes of running around like headless chickens on crack. And then for the last 10 minutes of the half, we'd already put a lid on them and we're already the better side. Um, So I don't know what tactically he'd already amended something after the sending off and when it calmed down and then obviously he got them a half time as well. And then they came out even better. But I do think the changes that he made after the sending off were were in effect and had calmed shit down before halftime. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I mean, second half particularly, I thought, well, I'll say it now. I was going to wait till the end for this, really. But this reminded me of the Liverpool game uh, from last season up at Anfield when uh, I think Rhys James got sent off, didn't he, for that handball on the line. And uh, we defended brilliantly. And they huffed and they puffed and they tried to blow our door in, but they could not. We were just so resolute 10 men against 11. And what, what did it then was what did it against Leicester. It's just the organisation uh, and the and, and the thinking clearly under pressure in the moment is just so brilliant from this team when they're on it. So they're just helping each other. I mean, we have such a great view where I am, JK, because you're very much looking down on it. So you see, you can see them pointing to each other, making sure everybody, you got that man, you got that man, making sure that Leicester can't find the extra man because this is what happens when you're down to 10 men is that the other team will just basically endeavour and endeavour and endeavour to find that extra man and find him in a space that's going to hurt you. And I mean, okay, we weren't faultless. It happened occasionally. I think the Barnes goal's massive evidence of that. Although, you know, I can't remember who it was, but they were done by a a 1-2. So that that helps to open up the space. But I think this whole, you know, the way that they were just making sure that everybody tracked whoever it was who was trying to make an attack. They're just so organised. It's brilliant to see. And I mean, 
I know it 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 it, it scared the shit out of me. I mean that was that was great too by the way. I think the tension in the last 15 minutes like I said earlier on it was like Rourke's Drift or the Alamo. The crowd got really up for it. We were cheering clearances, cheering blocks, Tiago Silva chance every time he did something. That's brilliant. I loved all of that, JK. I felt there was the odd moment that we we were a bit thick about what we were doing with the ball when we <laughs> It was a kind of lot of, you know, oops, I've booted the ball up to the halfway. I love that. No, I, I love know, that. But, Get but it out of the way. You're, you're giving possession away so so well, readily. Not like I think, could, though, yeah. to be fair, though, in the last 10, 15 minutes, or 20 minutes even, our lot were exhausted because of the extra running. They were kitchen sinking it, and it was literally any way you could get it clear. You could visibly see, especially with poor, lovely Dave, that they were utterly fucked for the last 20 minutes because they had played like they had 11 men but the extra space they were covering because we didn't had really taken it out of them yeah. and yet we managed to hit the post as well when yeah. sterling should actually have scored um, that was another great chance we had another great move um uh, and what was interesting was how bad sterling had been in the first half he was so easily dispossessed and he came out in that in the new pattern which which clearly worked marvelously because um uh, uh, Dave just shored it all up, and and he was a different player, yeah. finding space for himself all over the place. But I, 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 it was a very impressive performance, given that we had ten men. Yeah, I no. thought it was well. It showed great resilience and and fortitude and uh, concentration and skill. Well, actually. yeah, I, all of that. Totally agree, J.K. On, on head on the nail, because you know they went down a man after half an hour. And their attitude was, let's go out and win this game. Yeah, they scored the two goals yeah. after they got the 10 yeah. Not, Not yeah. let's just survive here. Yeah, absolutely. Or as Tuchel said in the presser afterwards, he said, well, it was survive until half-time and then it was regroup and let's go and win yeah. the game. And yeah, they yeah. did that. And I mean, that, that, that Barnes goal was a bit stupid, but, you know, and I mean, okay, Leicester hit the bar in the last few minutes and they could have had one. But I think to underline your point, JK, I think the most important... I I think that this is going to be galvanising, Alex, this game. I think this is, in a weird old way, just what we needed. You know, up against the wall, you know, get the team spirit going, die for the cause, get the three points, get the win. I think that this actually, you know, a win in adversity adversity like this can do wonders for the team at this stage of the season, given everything else that's going on. 100%. I mean, we said it in... um our little WhatsApp group for the Chelsea fan cast um, during the Leeds game was, oh, but if we could turn up with the attitude that we play against Spurs for every other game. Um, and I think we had to in this game. And also, I think if any team comes away from this, it's not Leicester who were battling for a point. Uh, Leicester will cry themselves to sleep over the fact that they could be so ineffectual against 10 men. Um, they're the ones that come away from this feeling shit, not us. Definitely. Couldn't agree more. Um, JK, I want to make a, a right honourable mention for Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who I thought was outstanding again, actually. Uh, and my, my feeling when I wandered off was to say that I think he's quite... And this is the interesting thing, and this will have some relevance to Mount. I don't want to talk about Mount yet. I want to save Mount for part two. But remember what I'm saying about Cheek now. I think he's quietly, quietly blossoming into a decent understated player what i mean by that is that forever since cheek turned up he was i mean he was the boy wonder in the youth team with the expectations on him were huge he he always looked way out of his depth you and i used to moan about it every week he then had that 
that lovely golden season under Sarri where he looked the player we always thought he might be. Then he got that horrible injury and then we thought, oh, well, he's that's it. No more cheek. He's going to be off, blah, blah, blah. It's loan at Fulham where he was dreadful. Awful, yeah. Palace where he was okay. Uh, he's come back and he's not been that impressive and still looks a bit lost. But his, he, he's always said, no, I don't want to go on loan. I'm, I want to fight for my place. I'm going to stay and fight for it. But I think what's happened is it's almost like there's been a reinvention of him here. You know, there's this, there's this adaptability. He plays in different positions. I mean, who'd have thought he'd be a right wing back? But, you know, that the, the hype about him seems to have dissipated. And I think that that might have helped him. As I said, it's understated, quiet uh, blossoming into a proper player, I think. I still think he has the potential to be even better. I still don't think he's playing to his true potential. And I think... The decisions he makes, particularly when he gets the balls into the penalty area, are yeah, straight. N- n- another shocker, yes. Yesterday, it, yeah, well, there was the one near the end, wasn't there, where he didn't lay it off, and literally yes. everyone in the ground was screaming at him. Absolutely, like, you bastard! And then, and then he he got another pass which he laid off, which was too strong. Yeah. He hit the ball too hard. Well, he but, got it back straight after not laying that off, and he laid it off within about 0.2 of a second. Yes, so that people yes. didn't scream at him. Yes, they absolutely. Yes, we all we all did together. Didn't we? <laughs> it was like I've laid it off. I've laid it off. <laughs> yes, um, but um, you know he he is improving all the time, which I think is is uh, is great because we were so so keen to write him off all the time but he should he should be excellent he's got great skill he's got he he shields the ball so brilliantly Hullet-esque his ability to do that his speed coming forward is is electrifying it's just he still makes the odd decision um as if he's as thick as two short posts you know you just think come on um play the pass earlier play it with more with a little bit more weight on it and in the penalty area, his inability to get a shot off, you just despair. He will do, you know, he'll beat three men in the penalty area. Now, shoot, for fuck's sake, shoot, go on, shoot. And he'll still look for a pass off. And you wonder whether that's, an, once again, a confidence thing, or he doesn't want to be accused of having a go and losing possession. Or perhaps it's being drilled into him by Tuchel that, no, we don't want to give the ball away in these situations. Because that's what a lot of the decisions are about not shooting are, are about is they don't want to be putting pressure on the defence for a, a counter-attack, which is very praiseworthy, very laudable. But um, uh, I just still think, he, he, whether this is his season, whether he comes absolutely out of his shell and everything, all the potential that we've seen since the youth team um, uh, uh, comes to, to fruition, and we then say, yep, yeah, it was really worth persisting with him. But yes, I agree, the very fact that he's had decent performances at wing-back, then when he comes inside, he's very adaptable to become, he's the other midfielder. So, um, yeah, I would, I'm bemused at the number of times now you go, yeah, he's on the team sheet. Because I thought he's not the creative midfielder that we want. And he, in his youth, he would shoot from anywhere and everywhere and score yeah. a lot. And uh, and even in the games, it, once again, the Mickey Mouse games in the uh, um, in the Europa League that he came in and played in and, and scored cracking goals. And you wonder once again if he just thinks I can't do this. I'm in the first team. I can't do it. whether it's a psychological. No, I think thing. you're right. I think I think they're told not to because it gives possession yeah, I away. Yeah, I absolutely. think you're absolutely right. Now, I, I don't know where I read this, but this is a bit anecdotal, but quite funny that apparently when anybody gets the ball and the crowd goes shoot, Tuchel looks really cross. Huh. You know, so I think you're right. Maybe he doesn't want that to happen. Um, Alex, did you want to come in there? Because if not, I'm going to go to a break. No, go for it. All I was right. just, I'm literally just going to mention the 
I already mentioned it. It's cool. It was the uh, shitty pass. That he okay. Did. All right. Right. We are going to go for a break. But before we do that, it is behoven upon me to say that a new uh, version of the best fanzine in the world, CFC UK, is out uh, for the Southampton match. So if you are going to Saints Away, I am. I hope to see a few of you down there. Alex is definitely going. Which would be fun. Yeah, uh, JK can't go because he has to work, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, but anyway, DJ and a few of the others will be around selling the uh, CFC UK fanzine. If you can't get it on Tuesday, then obviously on Saturday uh, for the moved West Ham match, uh, you can get it from the stall, which of course is opposite Fulham Broadway, and it costs you only a pound. Hurry up. But you can also get it from the sellers in the Fulham Road and the Kings Road and that kind of thing. So don't worry, you can get it. Now, if you want to, if you're not able to be there in person, you can still get a copy of the fanzine, a proper, proper hard uh, copy of the fanzine. Uh, fanzine at cfcuk.net is the place to email to subscribe for a year and that will cost you 18 quid in the UK 40 quid in Europe 56 quid uh, for the rest of the world you can also get it digitally uh, which will be a PDF emailed to you that will cost you six pounds for a year's subscription or a pound each and you can pay via PayPal do it now we'll be back very soon Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stamford Chidge, and him, Jonathan Kidd, Whoop. and her, Alex Andra Churchill. <laughs> I fucking norsed that one right up, didn't I? <laughs> it's okay. I'm shitted. I don't care. <laughs> okay. It's lovely. It's really lovely to see. I should actually add at this juncture that, uh, um, I mean, there's, this, this is replete with ironies, but uh, as you all know by now, I'm banned from doing bank holiday monday podcast by mrs chidge the ogress that is mrs chidge uh and uh and i got a message yesterday on our what's on the fan cast boo. Boo, boo. oh no we love mrs no, chidge she's lovely she's lovely anyway uh basically on the fan cast whatsapp group dan put out a message out saying my missus has done a mrs chidge and i'm not allowed to do the show tonight on sunday can anybody can anybody sub in for me? So there you go. And Alex, quick as a flash, I'll do it. I'll do it. So well done, and Alex. And more for you because now you've got me two weeks in a row. <laughs> oh, really? Excellent. No, no, we love having I you on. I swapped with Mark, didn't I? Because I was supposed to be on with Smut. Because you got unfairly criticised for not scheduling me on with Smut Buddy last week. But you did... And I was a moron and I was in Italy doing a recce for a tour. So it was my fault I wasn't on with him, not yours. Yeah, I know. But we've got you now, which is great. So there we go. Uh, we're halfway through uh, reviewing the Chelsea-Leicester Le- uh, City match. Um, I want to kick this one off. Uh, ask. Well, this is interesting because, you know, it was mentioned in, in JK's fan bite, of course. But uh, I, I mean, I, I was so intrigued by this, uh, almost like a game of two halves for him and there's been a lot of talk about him recently. I actually talked to the the lad next to me, Mark, who, as I've already said to you, is a fan cast sister. Hello, Mark. It was lovely Your to meet bestie. you. My new best mate. <laughs> you know, it's lovely. It's, no, it's really nice when somebody goes, 
hello, are you Chidge? I go, no, no, no. I go, no, it was him. It was him. It wasn't me. No, I go, My response I... when people say to me, are you Alex Churchill? I say, not if you are, not if I owe you money. <laughs> I'll remember that one. <laughs> yeah. But no, I usually say yes, because it's lovely when people say they listen to it and they enjoy it. I, 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 it would be equally pleasurable if somebody said, well, I think you're a bit of a wanker and I hate the show. That would that would actually amuse me. But Mark didn't. He likes it. He's only been listening for about six months. But uh, we had a good chat during the match. And I, I was intrigued by this. And I asked him what he thought, too, because I think what we saw yesterday were the two sides of Kai Havertz, who, of course, as you all know, I'm a massive massive fan uh, of he's not a number nine this much is clear uh his touch has abandoned him at the moment and he's clearly horribly out of form and he looked like that in the first half and yet and yet i thought jk his second half performance where he was playing up there on his own mark you was every inch a lone striker number nine he was mixing it he was taking fouls he was breaking up the play. He was being the target man, the outball for a side that was down to 10 men. And also, what I loved about that performance from him, 100% commitment again. So fair play to him, I think, in a, what is actually a difficult moment for him. He never stopped. And also, um, Tierney decided that uh, uh, he was faking everything, particularly in the first half. The number of occasions he was fouled and uh, Tierney just kept, kept saying, get up, get up. And it's that kind of thing that you see referees do. They used to do it with Mark Hughes. They would decide in advance that Mark Hughes had committed a foul by going in heavily on somebody with a challenge, which occasionally he might get a, his elbows might get a bit sharp. But then from then on, um, he couldn't actually do anything. Any challenge had to be his fault. And I felt that he was he was um, uh, scuppered by that. He was he was hindered by having the referee against him on many challenges because there were many six and six of one half a dozen of the other. It's that business where um, some of these centre halves just just grab you or push you or right on top of you all the time. And you have to have a reaction to it. You have to be able to push back. And some of the players, um, uh, they, they fail miserably to deal with it. But in, in, in a kind in a, in, in anything that happens in a, you know, in a, in a game with such huge physical contact, You've got to give the 100% back to them. And the referee has to be understanding of what's going on. And but the thing to do is just to let them both get at it. You know, it's six and one half dozen at the other. Not not to keep giving a foul against him. On there were several occasions he was fouled. Tierney gave the foul the other, other way. Or he or um he was chopped down and Tierney just said, Tierney said, get up. Second half, though, on his own, he he went straight for the commitment. And actually, as you say, Chidge wasn't I felt he was slightly put down in the first half because he was never getting anything um but he was absolutely on it and made himself such a nuisance that uh, it was really commendable I agree with you completely but he was it, it it was it's difficult to look at him and say he did an enormous amount in the second half because um he didn't really have any shots he was just once again uh making himself involved in a nuisance and the and a spare man he wasn't he's not great at holding the ball up but he tried. It's not, yeah. But he, well, he keeps being dispossessed really easily, as was Sterling, particularly in the first half. They hold it, and a big rangy foot comes in and kicks it away. But no, as you say, I, I felt he uh, he really played his part in that victory. He really was very committed to the whole process of having to play the lone man up there. He was. No, I was. I, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm biased because I think he's great. I love him, even though his form's very shonky at the moment. But it was good to see Alex. 
I just want to say in true Alex fashion that after all of that assessment, I would rather have Kai Havertz pretending to be a number nine up front than that flouncing piece of shit Lukaku mm. moaning his way through a game and not even leaving the floor when he jumps for But that's the point, Alex, isn't it? With a num- but proper number nines, this is what they do. You know, if they can't get on the... I mean, you know, there are two sides to their game. It's one is scoring goals, being in the right position to do that. But the other is to play for the team. You know, and you need an out ball. If you're under pressure, if you're playing a decent team, if you're down to 10 men, your team needs an out ball. They need you to, to, to be able to boot it up to you so you can hold it up and bring other players in and give them some respite. Oh, it's a selfless, horrible task being the guy up front when you're down to 10 men because you literally know that while everybody else runs their arse off, you're going to be up there like a mug just waiting for the occasional long ball. Um, so it was never going to be the Kai Havertz show because he was doing that horrible job and he did it very well. He did, didn't he? I was very impressed. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who else I think deserves a mention, JK, um, because he's been getting some stick recently, is good old Edouard Mondi, uh, because I think he made, as he does actually every game, some oh. se- you know several crucial saves. About half a dozen. Yeah. Every game, he does it. Conveniently forgotten when he makes an absolutely appalling Horlicks like he did the to other week. To be fair, though, if your fat eight-year-old child made the cock-up he did against Leeds at a park on a Sunday, you wouldn't buy him a McDonald's on the way home. Not if he was fat. <laughs> you would, your kid would say, not you, get you, you, my son, you, my son, can have a salad. Yeah, you'd be like, no, child, no Kit Kat for you on the way home, because that was my treat on the way home from football on a Sunday. No Kit Kat for you, because you fucked up. Uh, so he deserved the stick he got for Leeds. But, yeah, but I think... Right, I've been, just usurped it, it, AK's yeah, yeah. I, Well, I get that, but I, I, I mean, you know, there are levels, aren't there? And people saying, oh... You know, we should buy another goalkeeper. Oh, we should oh, bench him. I he mean... made six outstanding stops. There was one upper R end, the shed end, in the second half towards the end where really they should have scored. And I never thought they would because it was Monday coming out to block it. Was that the one, um, was it Barnes that he closed down? Or was it I Barnes? think so, yeah. I mean, it looked utterly outrageous that he'd kept... He very well with closing play. Vardy down as well for that one when he beat Chalabar. He, he really pushed him up round uh, as wide as he possibly could, and he uh, he then hit the side netting. Yeah, he's he made... so commanding in those situations when it's one on one. Like when strikers would think that they all they had to do was place it, he will find a way to keep it out. I do think he was at fault for the uh, for the Barnes goal though, near post. Yeah, that, I didn't. I wasn't happy with that. No, but but uh, this will remind you of lots of chats we had about. Wonderful, wonderful strikers like Mark Hughes and Gianluca Viali. Barnes hit that really early. He hit it really early. So I know it didn't look good being beaten at the near post, but it was it was past him by the time he dived. I mean, Barnes just, just hit it on the run. It was a good shot. I mean, I'd be more... Oh, hang on. Still, there? I thought I'd lost the sound for a minute. Yeah, I would be. I'd be more worried about, uh, you know, why he, why Barnes was allowed the freedom of Stamford Bridge to get down there, really. But there you go. Um, we just mentioned Trevo Chaloba. I, I was quite keen on Friday that he started, and I was delighted to see that he did. I, I thought he could have started in a three, but uh, he started as one of the pair. Uh, he was paired with Silver. Uh, I think, understandably, J.K. He looked a bit rusty. He hasn't played in a you know competitive match for quite a while, but he did okay. And I like I like Trevo's distribution. Yeah. You know, look, I mean, I'm, I'm going to we'll get into the Fafana bit now. Actually, we might as well because that 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 seems to be relevant. It, it looks like we've got Fafana, which means our 
number one defence is going to be Koulibaly, Silva and Fafana. However, uh, I hope that doesn't mean that Trevo gets pushed out because he's, for me, he's the next cab off the rank and we know we're going to get injuries and we know that Silva's going to have to be rested. Um, I mean, who knows, Chichi? He might go out on loan. Who well, knows? I think that would be stupid. I agree with you, but what's happening? You know, I mean, have Barcelona signed Christensen? Well, we don't There's want him back. That... No, but... <laughs> did you just say we don't want him back? Yeah, I did yeah, say yeah. That. yeah. Yeah, I'm but, being yeah, a but... respect hand gesture. But it, but yeah. it may be nothing to do with that. It may be that that his registration hasn't been accepted. So he's... Uh, um, he's does that make agent. him... Free Does that agent. make so he's no longer a Chelsea no, player then? He's, he's, no, no, his registration ceased on June the thirtieth. Okay, okay. So, so he's, a, he's a free oh. agent. Right, we're off the hook, J.K. Yeah. <laughs> How about Marcos though? Well, that's interesting. I want to get into that in a minute. Let's stick on on Trevor. Right, right. right. Do, do you... um, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make sense that he would be sent out on loan. He's obviously um, he may not get many chances to play in the first team. Yeah. But you want four centre-backs, yeah, don't you? Do. But having said that, yeah, with with the five substitutes, the chances are that you'll get on, you know, if everybody gets knackered. They've all got them. They're all being metered, aren't they? They're all being assessed on the computers because they've got those devices in their in their shoulders. If they're all down on their running or their, their you know, their heartbeat's gone up too much or something, or they can see that they haven't got enough sugar in their system or something, or whatever they are, they manage to read in these, these moments, he'll be... Um, and they want a fresh pair of legs on, he'll be on. You know, I'd rather he came on than, than thanks that we've no longer got um, um, Saar playing for us, who's gone to Monaco. You have to you have to appreciate that subtly and surely some of the people we've despaired of are just leaving the club. You know, let's look well, at that. I, I, I'm going to whiz for, because I've done something that you won't know about because I didn't actually include it in the notes because I forgot. Oh, okay. But Alex, did, did you want to come in with something? I just wanted to say that was a really excellent point by JK that mm. now there are five substitutions. Yeah. I think days of you not seeing a centre back come on as a substitute unless someone is fucked are gone. Yeah. Like he says, if someone is knackered, then they can be replaced and it doesn't, it's not taking a hit in terms of your substitutions anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly that. And I think this is all pertinent to what I, I, I was wanting to say. I mean, we had the Champions League draw. And, and the Caribou Cup draw last week. But I think that there's a month, possibly October or November, I don't know which, where we will probably have to play nine games. Now, we've been down this path before. And this, of course, is all because of the shoehorning of games this season uh, up until November, when the Premier League and everything stops because of the World Cup in Qatar, and then back on Boxing Day for the rest of the season. So if we're in all competitions, we it's going to be even worse than it is normally. And we had Tuchel moaning about it every week last season about how tough it is on the players. So therefore, we're going to need to have a big squad. Now, by my reckoning, this is the squad we have at the moment and where they can play. So keep your keep your lug holes pinned back because I forgot I forgot to put this in the notes and I'm sorry about that. Right, keepers, we've got three. Mendy, Kepper, Bettinelli. If we've got Mendy and Kepper, we've got two excellent goalkeepers, and I'm happy with that. I don't know much about Bettinelli. I don't think Kepper's going anywhere. And, of course, this is the trouble. This is all subject to what may or may not happen by Wednesday night. But uh, So it's worth keeping that in mind, too. Central defenders. On the assumption that we've uh, got Fafana, we've got Silva, Koulibaly, Fafana. Our backup centre-backs, and I mean just centre-backs, are Chaloba, 
You could argue Aspie because he can play in a three. Uh, you could argue James because he's played in a three this season. And of course, you've got Ampadu, but Ampadu may well be going back on loan. So you may end up with, you know, three frontline centre-backs and three backups. But actually, I think we're pretty well sorted per se. Cucurella? Well, you're right. I forgot to put him in. There we go. There's another one. He can play in a three, can't he? Thank you, JK. I did this very quickly and very badly, clearly. Anyway, fullbacks. <laughs> fullbacks. Uh, talking of Cucurella, we've got Cucurella, Chilwell, James, Aspie. We all know that they can play in the fullback position in a four. Whether they're good at it or not is moot, but we know that they can. We've also got, apparently, according to the website, Chelsea's website, we've still got Kennedy on the books, and would you believe it, Baba Raman, the famous left-back. And, of course, <laughs> Alonso, but we think that Alonso won't play for the club again. So if you discount uh, Kennedy, Raman, and Alonso, and God help us, many would, that leaves you with a choice of, far, of, of four full-backs. Now, I'm always, in my head... I've got J.K. and Peter Kenyon. In fact, I'm sure J.K. told Peter Kenyon to do this back in 2004, that you have to have two quality players for every position. Right, J.K.? So, so far, we're okay. Defensive midfield midfielders, for want of a better word. Obviously, Jorginho, Kante, Kovacic. Those are our three. You can add Gallagher to that. You can add Chukwumeka to that, apparently. He's listed as a midfielder rather than an attacking midfielder. You can add to that Ampadu, who, of course, we think is going to go out on loan, but you can add him there because that's what he is. And, of course, Billy Gilmore, who doesn't actually have a shirt number at the moment. We don't know what's happening with him. But, you know, we are pretty well served there. You could argue that Tuca will say too well served, so that would probably mean bugger off Ampadu and Gilmore. You've then got your wing-backs. Cucurella, Chilwell, obviously. James, Aspie, asterisk because he's a bit too old to play there we've had cheek playing right uh, wing back so far this season and of course we've still got in brackets alonso who will probably not play for the club again but you've got you've got your four four stroke five there for your wing backs you've got chilwell cucarella left you've got james aspie cheek right you could even put hudson adoy in there somewhere but i'd rather not wingers pulisic sterling Sterling is listed as a winger on the side. Pulisic, Sterling, Ziyech, Hudson, Adoy. So you've got four wingers that can play on either side. Attacking midfielders. I've had to be a bit creative here because they don't say too much on the website about this. But you've got Mason Mount. You've got Havertz listed as a as a midfielder as well. You've got Gallagher, who I think is an attacking midfielder. You've got Cheek, who I think is an attacking midfielder. And guess what? You've still got Ross Barkley there. Who knew? <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, if you exclude Barkley out of that, which I'd really very much like to, you've got four. He doesn't have a shirt number either, we noticed yesterday. No, well, there you go. So you've got... And actually, his shirt number's been given to Kovacic, which is a big fuck you. All right, well, you've got four... That's a very good point, I noticed that. You've got four attacking midfielders, which you would imagine is enough. And then this is where it gets really funny. You've got strikers. The only two, well, the only three players that are listed as out-and-out strikers on the Chelsea website, which one has to presume is correct, as it is their website and they are their players, Kai Havertz, Brozier and Batshuayi. <laughs> oh my God, is he still alive? Now, in the best will in the world, if you want to have cover in every position, I would suggest you've got cover for keepers, central defenders, fullbacks, defensive midfielders, Wing backs, wingers, attacking midfielders. 
What you do not have is covers for strikers. I mean, Havertz, it's a moot point whether he's what you would call an out-and-out striker. Brozier's raw and untested, and Batshuayi is absolute pants. So, (laughs) you know... Is he even still a footballer, really? Well, I know, bless him. Look, even Freddie's got his ears back, like, really? Yeah, I know. (laughs) So, it's clear that we need, before Wednesday night, uh, a Bamiyang, hopefully, to come in. JK? Well, I just ask, has Emerson gone to West Ham? Yeah. It's definitely gone. Phew is all I can say to that. Yeah, we of course we need a Bama Yang, but it, uh, you know who's one supposed to believe? It's 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 gone cold. The trail's gone cold somewhere. And similarly with Gordon, there's another one. The trail's gone cold. Other than yeah, the Express, you, we don't we don't need Gordon. This is what the point of this exercise was. We do need not Gordon. need Gordon unless if if one of Pul- one or two of Pulisic, Ziyech, Hudson, Adoy go, then you do need Gordon. Yeah, but in, in it, the idea isn't it? The Zayek, they had a picture of a of a bloke um, putting a um, a dummy of of uh, Zayek up in his his Ajax shop with the with the team jersey. Well, I, I, I think I think I think ZH will go if United buy Anthony from Ajax. Yes, that's that's the theory, isn't it? But it may not go through. In which case, we're stuck this with is another yeah another load of rubbish. I don't think you know Zayek is a is a problem, particularly he's just not ever come anywhere near. The standard of the player that we saw um, uh, when he played against us for Ajax in that uh, in that Champions League tie, but um, but yeah, um, uh, yes, I think you've explained it very well, Chidge. I, I, it, all it, but it's so it it's so easy to pick it apart. You know, it, it, the, the the you pull the string out somewhere and everything un, unfolds, doesn't it? If you get rid of Ampadu you know, on loan, you've then lost a a, a potential centre half or midfield player. If you get rid of um, uh, if Pulisic gets sold to Man U, which has been seen to be a possibility, then uh, um, uh, similarly you've then got to get another another winger in. If but but it, it, one of the other midfield players, if Gilmore goes, it actually won't make any difference. If Gilmore stays, what on earth happens to him? If he hasn't got a squad number, does he then get integrated in the way that Barkley was last year? Because that's what happened, wasn't it? We thought Barkley will never play again. Lo and behold, there he is, even in the cup final, taking a penalty. He comes on to take a penalty because he can take penalties. So some of these players, therefore, may have a role to play. I mean, the big thing he said in the press, sorry, Alex, on Friday, was he said, um, I like it when the transfer window is closed because players who thought they were leaving, who don't, aren't leaving, then have to get focused on carrying on to play for the club. Fuckery nobody needs. It's constant fuckery, the transfer window. Indeed, indeed. But, but he was just saying he was he was pleased when it ended mm. because he could get focused on getting on with the job with the players that he has. Can you um, imagine uh, the paranoia at the end of a transfer window? Yeah. yeah. I think it's a real problem. I mean, I've said this many times before, Alex. I think the transfer window should end before the first game of the season. I think it's a nonsense. Oh, I, that my head I think yeah. managers would applaud that 100%. But just on that, consulting the internet, which clearly never lies, um, in the last few hours. So apparently Man United was quite like a bummer yang as well, but he prefers the idea of coming to us. Uh, and we have a list of backups if he decides not to come to us or if the deal doesn't happen, uh, the top of which is apparently Wilfred Zaha. Oh, fuck off. Oh, and in the last few hours as well, Barcelona are, are absolutely determined they're going to take Alonso. So Good. OK. Well, I've just kind of revisited my list. And out of the players that I think are good enough in their positions, um, I'm, I've, I've just highlighted them. All right. I'm just going to unhighlight that. 
because I don't think that's. Have you got a spreadsheet, Chid? No, it's just on my script. That's I was going to say. Yeah, it's not you a... had a spreadsheet. I don't means... do spreadsheets. Yeah. I leave that to Tim Rolls and Arsenal fans. <laughs> Pla- players, players, good enough in their position, in their respective positions. Okay, Mendy and Kepper, Silver, Kulabali, Fafana, James. That's just centre backs. I think they can are all good enough to play there. Fullbacks: Cucurella, Chilwell, James. They're good enough to play fullbacks. I think Aspie's, by the way, blowing out of his ass. He's he's looking like Branagh did in his last season. He, he, when he runs, he looks like he's running backwards. And I love Dave, but I think that's the case. Defensive midfielders are good enough did in that. Played well in the second half. They played he well. He did. I know. I know. So okay. Question mark over Dave. Maybe add him in. Um, defensive midfielders: Jorginho, Kante, Kovacic. Good enough to play there right now. We don't know about Gallagher. He's young. We, he's all potential. Wing-backs, Cucurella, Chilwell, James. You could question Mark Cheek. He's proving that he can play there. Wingers, Pulisic, Sterling. Zayac, I think, will go. hudson Adoy is still a question mark. Attacking midfielders, Mountain, Ga- Mountain Havertz. I'm not going to say... I'm not, I don't think any of our strikers are good enough at the moment. Havertz is not a strike. He's not a number nine. Brozier's young, untested, Batshuayi been shit for us in the past. So when you look at it like that, you've only got one, two, three, four, five... Six, uh, maybe seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Good enough in the squad. So we're five light, I think, in terms of quality. If you go on the twenty-four, twenty-five uh, kind of uh, roster, J.K. Yeah, but all will come clear on Wednesday, won't it? Well, we're not going to get five players to up that quality. I mean, having said that, the though the um, I think you can loan people out past the the transfer deadline, can't you? Oh, I think so. I have vague recollections that if the paperwork has started going through and all that crap, then it can be done. Yeah, mm. I, mean, I think even later than that, I just got um, well that that's the case. I don't know, but in which case, embrace embrace. You know, if it's Ampadu, embrace him. Let's hope he gets a game, which he will do. You know, embrace Trevor, who um, uh, still has a has a, a rick in him. You know, he shouldn't have let Vardy go past. He shouldn't have let Vardy beat him in that one-to-one. You almost felt his bottle tweak. We all did together as the ball was booted over. And I thought, he's ahead of Vardy. It's one-on-one with him. Vardy's going to beat him to it. And it was down, then down to, to Mendy. Um, he's, he lay on the floor being injured. And I wonder whether that was just him thinking, this is so embarrassing, I better pretend to be injured. Um I think he, uh, uh, yeah, I don't quite understand how he got injured. But um, um, who else is there from, uh, uh, as I say, we might find that Gilmore, if Gilmore doesn't go out on loan, even Gilmore might have a part to play. It's so dependent, everything on Wednesday. Really is dependent. Batchwai may even have oh, a part to play. Oh, fuck off, seriously. <laughs> I know. We may need someone. I know. You may need. You may need someone to come on. I mean, at the very end of a game, and he may score, and we'll just go for fuck's sake. That goal against West Brom away. Can I just say though that I just don't respect any man who's nearly thirty who thinks of himself as a Marvel superhero. Seriously, thinks he's like Batman. I'm sorry, but no. The best thing about Batshuayi is his song. Batch, you are, aha, aha, I like it. Uh-huh, that was like uh-huh. Maluda, though. Maluda will only be remembered for the best song ever. Yeah. Flora Maluda, Luda, Luda, Flora Maluda. Whoop, whoop. whoop, whoop. 
<laughs> Love it. Uh, listen, I was going to, that was going to be my final part of this part, but actually we do need to address the other bit, which we, I kind of basically decided to talk about Mount, earlier. Mason. We do. Um, I, I mean, I, I think looking back on it more, you know, more thoughtfully, he was clearly sacrificed tactically, I think, yesterday. Completely, completely, yeah. yeah. So I don't think there's an issue there. And of course, you have to be so mindful of wading through the anti-mount agenda that you see on social media it's very easy to get swayed by that and be completely objective about it um and i, I mean nobody mentioned this but i thought it was quite a nonny a nonny mace would have been one of the criticisms you could have leveled but i don't Never. i i don't Never. think no i i don't think his form is good at the moment i don't think he's back to the levels that we saw under frank or maybe under tuchel when uh, tuchel first came in and that's okay. He's young, and that's going to happen. People are going to find him out. They're going to stick players on him. Leicester did that yesterday in the first half. They're going to target him because he's good and he's a threat. So he's got to do what all good professional players do when they're at his age. He's got to learn how to get above that and make himself better. Frank Lampard did that. We did the 50 Years shows recently when Lampard first placed for Chelsea, and we used to call him Frank Lampos because he was so immobile. So everybody <laughs> has to up their game, up their level continually that's what happens in elite sport i have no doubts that mount will will you know i have no doubts that he that he'll do that but i have to say i do think his form is a bit questionable at the moment alex i'd just say echoing exactly what you said we have over relied on him in the past he's young uh he may not be utterly consistent yet and if he's not carrying us at the moment that's okay jk um I thought it was quite revealing that um, Havertz played so well on his own, away from him and Sterling. And I also thought it was revealing that Sterling played a lot better when he was off as well. Um, uh, whether they're very reliant on playing in this three together, and it's uh, a pattern that doesn't work for any of them. Um, I, I, it, it, he seemed to play much better last year um, involving the wing back much more in the in a kind of triangular setup, the passing that he was he was making, the little the little three passes across involving Reese and then himself running into the into the gap to get the ball across himself, or having a shot or laying somebody, putting somebody in, or laying it back again. And we haven't been seeing any of that at all. So I wonder, in fact, if it's a, a slightly more um it's a role trying to get Sterling and um and Havertz in. And it's not been working for him. So, well, I don't. I don't. I don't you know my, my thoughts on this. I mean, I'd have him all day long as a number eight in a in a three in the midfield. But I think if if Tuchel's going to you know compromise with his four two two two, I think that that's good because I think I think you get the best out amount if he's operating in that space between the midfield and and the strikers. That's yeah. where he does his damage because he has that ability to link the play and he has that ability to kind of come in late for a shot like Frank used to. Indeed, but you seem to, we haven't seen him shooting at all. Leeds game, the first half. Well, he's playing more as a winger, I think, or, 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 or a wide number nine, you know, which is this kind of weird fluid system. Who knows? We're not Tuka, we're not on the training ground. I think, I think look, the upshot is don't worry about Mason Mount. He's fucking stu- he's stupidly good. He really is. This kid's got it all. And people who don't see that, I, I, every ex-professional footballer, that, and not just Chelsea ones that I've spoken to, all think Mount is the bollocks, Alex. Uh, and who who are we to disagree with them? No, 
he's fine. He's just fine. Yeah. Uh, leave him the fuck alone. Yeah, there we go. You heard it. Heard it first from Alex. There we go. The message of the night: Leave him the fuck alone, or Alex will sort you out. Or else. That's the implication, isn't it? I don't uh, know. Or else what? But or else. Okay. Well, look. Who else? Or else who? Yeah. Who else? Quite. Yeah. Freddy, or else who? Freddie the you cat. Want right? He knows. Shut up. Freddie the cat. All right. Listen. We're going to have a quick break, uh, and then when we come back, we are going to be doing the emails from this week, which are fabulous. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the chelsea football fancast proper chelsea footballfancast.com welcome back this is the chelsea fancast i am stanford chidge of course and uh, i've got with me the lovely jonathan kidd and jonathan we have some emails for the great public tonight we have we That's have good we have we good have ones. we have five chidge don't we we do oh lovely noel bader hi gang hope everyone is well the defeat to dirty leads may not sit well with supporters but i'm hoping it serves as a wake-up call for the powers that be to underline how fragile our current team is when you look at the team sheet, we've several areas where our team feels held together with bubble gum and duct tape, much like Kante's hamstrings. You're right. What's going on with the omission of Chaloba? This feels like Tomori all over again. We have the makings of an exciting young defender who could lead our back line for the next decade or more, and the perfect situation for him to learn from two veterans of the game in Silver and Koulibaly, but he rots on the bench for Loftus-Cheek to turn infield as a wing back rather than getting chalk on his boots, on his cue. How does this make sense? Reese can deputise as a right sided centre back admirably, but playing one of our best players out of position is asinine. Good word. Good word, Noah. Very good. Is it Noah or Noel, by the way? Noah. Noah. Yeah, it got Noel at the top. Because I'm an idiot. Um, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, well, surely we'll be better off getting Trevo the experience and game time he needs to develop, right? Lastly, I'd be willing to sacrifice a lower finish in the table. Don't do that. Don't do that, Noah, to get young players like Chaloba, Gallagher, Broya, CHO, Chumbawamba, Chumbawamba, um, Gary Chumbawamba. Was it Clive Chumbawamba? What do we call him? Chuck Carney. Chuck Carney, etc. A chance to flourish. I'm sure it's a controversial opinion for some, but I'm tired of watching the same movie every week. I'd much rather watch one of the young players make mistakes. Well, we certainly saw Gallagher do that and learn and learn than be cursed with Georgie slowing down play and mucking about in our own penalty area, giving the ball away. Giving the ball away. Um, uh, thanks, Noah Bader. Bader. Yeah, I knew I pronounced it right. Bader. It's like it's like um, Douglas Bader, the great uh, Spitfire pilot with the tin legs. Douglas Bader. Um, are you related to him, Noah? We'd like to know. Thank you very much. Um, uh, well, we uh, we uh, Chaloba played, and once again, we I, I agree with you. I think he needs to play more. Um, uh, well, he did. I mean, he, he we were wrong. He did play against Leicester, which was good to see. He's clearly yeah, in clearly yeah, in yeah. Tuchel's plans. I think on the overall point. Uh, JK, it's. It, I, I am worried by uh, what well, we don't know yet. This is the trouble, Noah. We'll but, know more on Thursday morning. Once again, on th- yeah, Thursday morning. But I'm, yeah. I, I wouldn't be willing to sacrifice a lower finish in the table. I think that's. I think I don't think that's. I don't that's think ever, we can. We can't ever, do that ever, anymore. Yeah, we can't do that anymore. That's never going to happen. And also, I don't think that a doy is in his plans at all. I don't know how that's going to. I don't think he's out. ever liked a doy, has he? He's no, never no, ever he, taken to. No, he, he always spends more time balling him out from the touchline than any other player I've ever seen. I, 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 yeah. Non-stop. And I think, I think, you know, but this is always the way. Wherever you are in life, when you work with people, you manage people, you're going to have people you like and people who piss you off. And, I mean, for example, I think that he really likes Ruben Loftus-Cheek, you know, because I think he likes his... I think Tuchel's an attitude man. You know, I think he likes his attitude. The fact that he likes the fact that he was prepared to say, "No, I don't want to go on loan. I'm prepared to stay and fight. And if I don't get picked, I don't get picked. But I want to fight for the chance." And he's adaptable. He can play in various positions. And he obviously listens to what Tuchel tells him to. So, you know, I think it's inevitable that Tuchel's going to have people he likes and people he doesn't like. And I don't think he likes Hudson Odoi much. I don't think he likes Trevo too much. But uh, at the moment, it seems to be that Trevo's important in the scheme of things because he's a backup centre back. So. Uh, but I, I'm I'm with you, Noah. I'm worried that we're going to lose some of these youth, and I think it'll be a great tragedy. But you know, what can we do? We're not the manager, right? Got a an email from Matt Scott here. He says, uh, "Okay, right. Good evening, all. I'm currently writing this email on Tuesday evening after a third bid for Fafana has been rejected, as well as a bid for Anthony Gordon turned down by the Toffees." And now, we don't know that though, Matt. We yeah, but this was Tuesday. Know. He says, "I'm writing it no. on." Tu- we still don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We don't definitively know. Now, I'm not necessarily against Fafana coming in, as it's clear we need another centre-back or two before the window closes. However, I just don't see what Fafana has that Tamori didn't. Also, one has to question how long Silva will have, however good he is. In the summer of 2023, we will be in the same position defensively as we are now, short of experience where it really matters. Moving on to Anthony Gordon, why the fuck on earth are we about to potentially pay £70 million for a player who's had seven goal involvements in 40 appearances for Everton, yet we sold a player that had 44 goal involvements in 89 games for us for £23 People can say what they want about Timo. Jonathan, I know you're not a fan, mate, but stats don't lie. 
Uh, nor do our eyes, Matt. Werner literally scored or assisted pretty much once every two games in a Chelsea shirt, yet we sold him for an absolute bargain, 23 million. And now someone thinks it's a good idea to pay upward of 70 million for someone who has done absolutely jack shit. I really don't get our transfer strategy at the moment. Well, yeah, okay, I'll comment on it in a minute. Now, by the time this email is potentially read out, we possibly might have signed a Bamiyang. Is he what we need? For short term, possibly. Long term, absolutely not. Again, we will be in the same situation next summer as we are now. Lack of decent centre-backs with youth on their side and no out-and-out number nine. Tommy, Todd, if you're listening, fellas, although I'm pretty sure you're not. One, don't sell Levi Cowell at the end of his loan spell. Agreed. Forget Anthony fucking Gordon and just sign Declan Rice. Once Rice is in, switch to 4-3-3 and play Rice behind Mount Gallagher as two number eight. This is honestly not me writing in under a pseudonym, JK. I just want to stress that at this point. <laughs> uh, give Adoy another chance on the right side of a front three with Sterling, Havertz, Aubameyang. Once Aubameyang has had a season, trigger Tammy Abraham's buyback clause, which activates next summer, and pay the £60 million of which we inserted into the deal. Typical Chelsea, but it has to be done. Anyways, love to you all as always. Up the fucking Chelsea, Matt Scott. I think there's a lot in that email, Matt, that I totally agree with and uh, I, I'd love to see too. But I do fear... I I, I don't understand our... Tr- I mean, I can share... I can share... I can share with uh, with you all uh, um, a WhatsApp message from a, a very... You might remember him. When I did the uh, Love Sports show, um, I, I used to do a show with a massive Arsenal fan, a lovely bloke called Dave Seeger. Occasionally he WhatsApp me out of the blue, and he just WhatsApp me this last week. J.K. Um, someone somewhat random transfer strategy, and I said strategy. What strategy? And he said exactly. So I do have no idea what's going on at the moment. There doesn't seem a lot of sense behind it. But J.K. has a very good view on this. He says that actually they're just trying to wrap up kind of three or four windows business in one window, and I can I kind of understand that. It's what you said the other week, wasn't it? Yes, it was, but uh, but at the same time, I, I I just don't think you you can trust anybody's discussion about this anywhere on the media because they're just all looking for, for to get somebody to buy the paper or get clickbait on their page. You know, I don't. Um, there are some pa- people saying that Gordon was never an option. They were never ever after buying Gordon, and it's just all absolutely made up. This story with Gordon being purchased, and the very fact that we've all embraced it is just so um typical of of what happens on social media and similarly with um um Fafana by the way has been uh even Lineker said that he was he was potentially one of the best um, defenders he'd ever seen this was uh, a, a statement by by Lineker on Twitter today so he's a big fan so I think actually you are buying a very decent player if it's going through today. We so don't. He know. could be our Van Dyke. Indeed, he could be, and I think this is the reason they're so keen, and this is why Leicester are so keen to get this huge amount of money for him because he is um, uh, his reputation is absolutely enormous. Um, uh, we might have signed Aubameyang. I think he'd be a very good signing for us for just for a sh- for short term. Yeah, because and I don't think they would ever be long term. I think he would just be for a season until they can. Or even even till till after the World Cup until they can work out when who else is available. But he worked with Tuchel before. This is why 
they're so keen on on buying him. Once again, if it's ever likely to take place, I'm under the impression that Aubameyang doesn't want to leave. He's only been at Barcelona seven months and he's scored 19 goals. I think it's because Lewandowski has taken over. And it may be that they want to, Barcelona want to sell him because of their financial situation. But they seem to be um, getting over that. They finally got Kunde signed. So he's he, uh, he registered for the league. So he's playing at the weekend when he wasn't doing before. So... Um, once again, that's all a bit slippery, all of that. I really don't know whether that's what, you know, we, none of us know what's happening here. I feel one, one is making assessments based on, on, on cloud vapor. You know, we're not actually, I mean, it's like, you know, JK, uh, the, the one thing I would say, sorry to butt in, but no, no, but butt in. Yeah. Because w- what we can talk about is what has happened. And actually, if you look at what has happened, we've signed Cucurella, who's a fucking yeah. good left back, yeah, uh, yeah, left yeah. wing back, yeah. who, who uh, was coveted by Man City, yeah. uh, started his life out of Barcelona. So quality. We've signed yeah. Koulibaly, admittedly eight years too late, but a player we've been after for a long time. But is you know, if, if you needed to replace Rudiger, which we did, as in an experienced international defender who's played a lot of Champions League football, that's what we've just done in Koulibaly. All right, we've signed Raheem Sterling, who, again... Proven at international and uh, Premier League levels, won won a lot of stuff, uh, scores a lot of goals and assists. Has been doing it yeah. since he and he's played at Liverpool as well. I mean, you know, this a is terrific a, second half against yeah. Leicester at the weekend. Yeah, you know, quality, no, I agree. Hang on, just, I haven't finished yet. Quality yeah. players. Yeah, yeah. So those those are the three yeah. that we've signed. Plus yeah. um, David Cassidy from uh, from uh, from Italy, who's one for the future. Uh, Chumbawamba, who is highly rated as a youngster and started playing for Villa, even though he's so young, so he's one for the future. So they've they've bought up, you know, proven experience and up and comers. So maybe maybe I'm being a bit disingenuous and downright rude about their lack of strategy, and maybe I'm also getting affected by the rumours. If they buy a Bamiyang again, I don't mind a bit of experience up front. And the other thing about strikers, J.K., as you well know, there are not that many around. Indeed, so Aubameyang would be if if we get him would proven, be uh, proven would be very proven and is based on several suppositions, several necessities happening at Barcelona that they they need to get rid of players because of their financial situation, which apparently is is all has worked out for the best for them because some of them they've they've um, sold the rights to their playing fields or something or their their telly over the next 10 years or something for a huge amount of money they're, they're living completely on the never never but it's been allowed because um they're barcelona so um but so well, there's so many things up in the air we can't sign rice because rice isn't available till next year he's just they're not just selling him so it's 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 a it's a waste of time to suggest it um, right, well, um, maybe, Gordon, maybe JK. That's why they haven't signed a midfielder because maybe they're hanging out until next year to sign Rice. Well, it may be, it may just be January that be the case. Adoy, um, uh, it, it's all very well saying give him another chance, but once again, it's down to his attitude, his training, the way he gets on with Tuchel, and the way he gets on with Tuchel is not very well. So I, I, I you can't just say give him another chance if if Tuchel's happy to. Get rid of him. No, and and also this the business with I'm sorry about Werner. I'm sorry that I'm so um uh again him, as my mum used to say. But I I his ball control and his ability in front of goal for me, it didn't matter to me how many assists he, he's got. He, he, the number of times he should have scored and he didn't. And 
the fact they sold him meant that Tuchel felt the same. I'm sorry that the, the manager felt the same as Jonathan, who knows fuck all about football, but they've got rid of him. Um, and I'm so pleased. And I think that the the team will just evolve over the next few weeks. And if we don't do as well, um, uh, they, well, they've got to do top four. They need to be in the Champions League. I think it will all evolve really nicely. It's going to be a really difficult season because of the World Cup. We are a team in transition. I think he'll get the transition right. I think he'll he'll play them all. He'll, it, what he's working out, he's trying to change the way they're playing as well. It's so dependent on Conte being fit. The fact he's not fit, they're already at a disadvantage. So he's got to make it work around that. But I think they'll 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 do well to get into the not do well. They'll they will definitely get into the next round of the Champions League. We might by then may have bought another couple of players because it'll be the other side of the other transfer window. So I think things are absolutely fine at the moment. Yeah. Well done. Lovely to hear JK positive. Lovely. That's what we want. Ooh. Give it give him a week. Give him a week. He'll be back to normal. <laughs> uh, you got you're that up for the next email, mate. Oh, it's me, isn't it? Yes, yes. But good mail, by the way, Matt. Good mail. Nice to nice to do something we can all debate. I really appreciate that. Thank you, um, Philip Kenley. Hi, all. Just wanted to provoke a discussion, very much like Matt. And hopefully Saturday went so well, you've decided not to even read this. Oh, okay, out. okay, then, Philip. No, we haven't exactly. <laughs> Fuck it. On to the next one. Los Barnes. That's you, Chidge. No, 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 no. no, no. We can, no we'll, do, we'll do Philip. We'll do Philip. Oh, no, no, I'm only kidding. Um, uh, what if Tommy T isn't as good as we think he is? No, I'm not reading the rest of this out. No. Oh, okay. Um, Pulisic, Zayat, Havertz, Lukaku, Werner, Callum have all underperformed during his tenure. True. Well, I think Pulisic, because he's constantly injured, Zayat, because he got rather scared of the pace, Havertz, but he's still, you know, I think he's still to Lukaku, fucking idiot, Werner. Fucking idiot. Um, Callum, fucking idiot. Three games oh, in. Come as, on. He's not no, been the same since the injury. Uh, uh, injury. Absolutely right. Injury and inability to do what TT ever asked of him, as we keep going on oh, about. Well, you could you could say being played out of position. Nonetheless, uh, they're all supposed to be malleable. They're all supposed to be footballers who understand what they, you know, to do what the manager I think, wants. I think on a wider point, though, this is an issue. We've got a lot of players who perhaps are not suited to the system that Tuchel wants to play. Which means you get to the age-old argument about do you have to go with what the manager wants to play and then you have to fit in with that or why should he be dictating that and surely he should just get the best or choose the best system for the players he's got. Well, you know, he won the Champions League with a whole group of players. That you, rest, you rest your case, my lad. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, three games in as of writing, unchanged front three for all of them, not a single goal from them. True, true, Philip. Last season was just not that good. Four wins versus Spurs. Second leg lost because Real were uh, versus Real were scant highlights. Well, we were brilliant though against them, and it, the first leg was lost because of Mandi giving the ball away. Before anyone says it, I know we got to two cup finals. I'm saying it. We got to two cup finals, Philip. Anyway, but we did have the, <laughs> the cup draw god smiling at us. Oh, it's down to the draw, is it? Not to our skill. Err. Worst of all, I don't like the way he's sounding in front of the press. Too many excuses. Yeah, the, the one about the the uh, the coach was a bit ridiculous. <laughs> They're going to lead, but you know. Oh, and what has he got against Ch Chalaba? Well, he did play him. He played him, Philip. Anyone else get a bad feeling in their water? No, my piss is not prophetic or ill. It's not even vinegary. Impaired. No, it's no, absolutely. It's it's pure. Um Gulp, hope I'm worrying about nothing or else things could be very ugly. Sent from my iPhone, possibly using voice recognition. 
bad grammar and unintelligible sentences and swearing are inevitable. No, I've added the swearing bit. Thank you, Philip. Uh, yeah, very good. Good, good, contentious, provoking. And um, uh, and what we want, we want more of that. Really good stuff, guys. Thank I mean, you. look, you know, uh, I mean, so I, I agree with some of the points, but I'm not, I'm honestly, look, we, there, there is always... Chelsea is a soap opera, so there's always tittle tattle coming about out about people being unhappy. What what I would say at the moment is that there's an awful lot of pressure on on these guys, uh, not least Tuchel, because of course you know we've got a new owner. N- nobody expected this, not least Tommy T. Tommy T was very 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 happy with ev- the way everything was going when he had Roman and Marina and Padacek, and that's all been ripped up and thrown away. Now, OK, it looks like Todd Bowley's got a lot of trust and faith in Tommy T, but there's, he knows now that he's got to start all over again and prove himself again to a new owner. So he's going to have some pressure. And I think the other big issue that's going on, and I think this is affecting everybody at the club, is that one of uncertainty because nobody knows what's going to happen. It's going to, you know this, Philip, you're, you've been around the block a while, I know. And any organisation which will go through such huge transition and change as Chelsea will leave... People hate change. People don't like uncertainty. And I don't care who you are, it affects everybody. So I think that's affecting everybody there. We just have to... I think we have to trust Tommy T. I think he's proved himself to be a real leader, not least during the, the uh, you know, the takeover stuff when he fronted up, when Bruce Buck ran away cowering. So, you know, I, I, I've got a lot of faith in him. I mean, you you know, we can all argue about tactically and players and this, that and the other. But as Jonathan will remind me very quickly, we're not there. So we don't really know. And uh, uh, I don't have any coaching badges and Tommy T does. So I kind of, I kind of, you know, I trust him. He's an, well, I'll tell you what interests me, Philip, and I'm sure this will interest you. Without, you know, stereotyping Germans as being rather mechanical and non-emotional and stuff. You know, Tommy Tommy T is a highly passionate and emotional guy, as we saw against Spurs the other week, which I find fascinating that he's this kind of really weird combination of a very human, um, very mindful guy. I think he's very in, in, in touch emotionally with other people, which is what makes him a good manager. But he's also very emotional and he will wear it on his sleeve. But he's also incredibly analytic. Which, which I find a very interesting combination and, and, and rarely seen. If you look at Sarri, for example, I, I mean, I, I actually thought that Sarri was on the spectrum. He had no people skills whatsoever or no interest in people whatsoever. He was all about the data. He was a weird guy, you know, a bit of an, uh, uh, um, you know, not, not a sociopath, but, a, you know, just somebody who didn't seem to have any empathy, really, you know. So uh, I think Tommy T's a very different, and whereas Mourinho was a bit of a narcissist, you know, so Tommy T's a very interesting combination of this very analytical person with a very emotional person and a, and a very human person. And I kind of like that and I trust it. But the reality, Philip, there's bugger all that you and or I or JK can do about it, apart from waffle on about it every week, which of course is what we do. Uh, the other thing I will add, I got an email from you this week, uh, Philip, but as you said yourself, it, it kind of events had overtaken it. Um, and you were in France, obviously, I, presumably and hopefully on holiday. I hope you're having a lovely time. Please raise a glass to us of something nice and cold and uh, uh, enjoy it and uh, come back safe and we'll speak to you soon. Right. Uh, sorry, I've waffled on a lot there, JK. We've got Los Barnes here. Afternoon, Sir Chidge, Lord Privy Kid and esteemed guest. After suffering on Discord watching today, as in yesterday... Reading the Twitter fallout and seeing the usual who shall we blame game, after a win no less, wanted to look at why we continue to be shocked when a player out of their best position does not perform. 
Mace and Connor the current victims, in my humble opinion. Now, after sanctions, Tommy T, having total power alongside Todd playing football manager with an investment fund's money, I believe it's time we realise players aren't interchangeable like Kardashians flogging the lacist, useless tat. Hudson Adoy is not a wingback, neither Captain America or uh, Captain Kai ain't a nine, I think. Okay, let's just settle for Kai isn't a nine. Mount isn't a winger. How long could this list be? Look at a player who we leave alone and see performances follow as sure as night follows day, the one and only Thiago Silva. No one expects him to play full-back, wing-back, defensive midfielder, ETC. Nope. We have a diamond of a centre-back in a three, and he plays there relentlessly. Uh, Coached for many years, got my B licence, and of course never bought a player. But you work with what you have. Find a system where the majority thrive and you win games. So Tuchel has a fully fit squad, no problem. But throw Connor to the walls when Cheek or Billy or Ethan or Trev would play that role fairly naturally makes no sense. Connor may have Kante's energy, but that's the only similarity in style. To make Mace anonymous makes no sense. Clearly he isn't working in this front free. System issue, not a player issue. Every time it doesn't work, Tuchel blames players, refs, luck, but very little self-reflection. In fact, when has he ever owned a bad positioning, a lack of early subs when we were on the ropes? I think it's his Achilles heel, and it will cost us more young talent leaving, a shit ton of cash to get the players he wants, and my guess is similar output. So really, a roundabout with no end, no cutting edge, and fighting for top four. To quote the right Reverend Glover, the the new fucking Arsenal. Everyone has Jorginho sus. Dirty leads were the latest in a long line. Kante is wearing out and Tuchel buys defender after defender. And 70 million Kai is trying to make it work and we can all see it isn't. He won a Champions League, but if Timo was missing like he is, nuff said. Let's make a few clear player to position thoughts for your comment. Okay, ready? This is a game you can play too, JK. You have to go to, to, to agree with whichever number you want to agree with, right? Mount, eight or ten? Eight. Agreed. Kai, not a nine, sadly. Not not sure what he is. Me neither. I think he might play well off. He might play good in a two up front. Yeah, two up front. Yeah, yeah. Mind you, he, he did very well second half yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Connor, not a six. No, midfielder. He's yeah, an eight. Eight, yeah. He's an eight for me. Cheek, not a wing back. Probably a six or eight. Uh, I think he could play either. I think he could play either, and I think he's doing all right at wing back. Pulisic, yeah. Hudson Odoi, not wing backs and wasted when you do. Yes, I agree, but he he won't be playing them there very often. Yeah, and I agree with that. And don't start on Ethan or Trevor Billy. Billy is playing international football, and people say he can't be a first teamer. Norwich was a shite loan club, but who sent him there? Uh, the honeymoon. Yeah. Who, what? What? I guess I think it's down to the player to make uh, um, something of the club. Mm. And and, and uh, it's all down to the training. If it didn't work, he should have. They, they are mentored completely and utterly. Yeah. All these Chelsea players, and uh, something went wrong there, and somehow he didn't come up to scratch because um, it, it, they will have been absolutely on the case. And this is, I think, because of his lack of of I don't know whatever it was at Norwich. Uh, it, it's had an effect this year. Mm, agreed. Uh, the honeymoon, honeymoon, honeymoon. I actually, this, honeymoon. It's, it's it's a good good description of many of the emails. They're all honeymooning. Uh, the honeymoon is over with Thomas Tuchel. He needs to start the transition to a new future, including a new system, or he could return to be Tommy Two Shits. By the way, Roman would already have fired him. Well, no. I, I I don't think he would actually, to be honest, Loss. Oh, and sort out set plays. Not sure who the rest of his team are, but Jesus wept. Coach Jesus wept. Inept coaching, to say the least. 
Yes, I agree completely. That has really been awful. Yeah, absolutely. Now we can get top four this year if we maximise our players and find a way to hit the net. Thank God, Reese is magic and will drag his tired system, this tired system, as far as we can. Thanks, as always, for the show and up the shells. Loz. And Loz, thank you for the, a, the email, but also for being such a bastion of the Discord group, keeping all that rabble in order, which you do a fabulous job with. Um, I think it's a bit a bit moany, Loz. I've got to be honest here. I, I You know, um, I, for example, and of course I can't remember the exact example, but I've heard, I have heard Tuchel own mistakes and bad decisions in press conferences. I certainly have. Maybe not recently, which may be indicating the pressure he's under, which is slightly different than it was then. Who knows? But I have heard him do that. He 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 reflects. He's a bright lad. Um, I mean, the rest of it, yeah. I mean, you know, I I I, I you, you kind of articulated the argument I was having with J.K. a minute ago, which is, you know, should should the players fit the manager's system, or should the manager find a system that suits the players? I've got to be honest and say I've always preferred it when they try and find a system that suits the players that they've got. But at Tuchel, I mean, a lot of these modern managers, they they, they have this kind of really clever, well-worked-out, analysed way that they want to play, and they'll they'll do this. And I think, you know, he is one of those guys. I mean, at the moment, uh, you know, you say the honeymoon's over. Well, I'll address that in a minute. But, you know, the results of... of borne it out and let's face it we were we were two penalty kicks away from winning two trophies last year and getting top four and we 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 shot ourselves in the foot against Real Madrid he went on and won the European Cup so you know I think the perspective on that needs to be said I don't think the honeymoon's over I don't think they get a honeymoon at all really but I think I think I think the impact of the whole transition and the new ownership needs to be taken into account effectively it's a different club even though it's the same club so it's working to a very different uh, remit now, and uh, that's going to take some time to work through. The only thing I hope, what I really, really, really hope, is that they recognise what a bloody good manager he is, and they get him to stay like they have, like Liverpool did with Klopp and uh, City did with Guardiola, and that he can actually build something that, when he does go, will still carry on being brilliant after he's gone in a in a way that Mourinho did, although Mourinho's was a mad thing to do in the way that he did it but you know that's what we want we want somebody to build something and I agree with you integrate the youth buy the right kind of players but that's what I want JK but I don't think that integrating the youth is going to mean that um it's like that old argument of it doesn't matter where we end you know let's go back to where we were let's make sure we give everybody a go that's not what I said start again. No, no I'm not I'm not suggesting that's what you said at all that's what I'm suggesting this business of let's not care about finishing in the top four we have to always care about finishing in the top four that's what the club the club is an elite worldwide world world power world elite club it is known but everywhere did, did you take my point that we want to he wants he wants to lay down a plan Klopp, oh, complete, Klopp complete, had yeah, a plan yeah. guardiola yeah. had a plan and they've yeah. spent six seven eight years executing that plan that's yeah, what uh, i want to see I also think we're being we're being too uh, impatient if we don't allow the plan to work because neither Guardiola nor Klopp had success at the very beginning of their their uh, um, uh, tenure with City and Liverpool. They were trying to. I think very soon after Klopp came in, um, he got he got rid of nearly every player bar four, didn't he? Yeah, because but it, the, it took him four or five years to do it that. Did, it did. It did. I I think I don't think we. Um, uh, I, I don't think we. I still think it's possible to do that and still finish top four. I don't, it just means we won't 
win the win the league this year. We won't. We, we'll still be a decent cup side. But I, I'm 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 with it with you entirely. I think he needs to have the uh, uh, the time to, to to try and set his own side up. And I think at the moment he's relying too much on Conte because Conte, as he said, is is a is completely unique and one of the top players in the world. And at the moment, you can't really say that we've got completely world-class players. You could say Thiago and you could say Reese as well, are world-class players. The others are top internationals, but um, uh, we, we might change our tune if the team starts playing better. We think, actually, they've all they've all come good together. I just think it's very early days in the season to be making assessments about what's going on. And before the transfer window has allowed everything to calm down and for us to know exactly who we've got, what's going on, how he can move players around, who he needs. Uh, and we may, as I say, find that some players we thought were going to be on their bikes uh, have a big role to play this season. Mm. Well said, my dear boy. You've got the last one from your old friend. Kenroy. Uh, and my hi, old Uncle... friend, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Uncle Bridgie. <laughs> ah. As he's now apparently known, Uncle Jake A., that's me, JK, you see, get it? The guests, the benches, Mixler, Discord, and podcast listeners. I've assembled the following retro squad. What do you think and who would you change? The rule is you can have one forward from each era, 80s, 90s, and 2000s onwards, but none of the forwards must have played together. Some for the midfield, none of the midfielders, same, sorry, same for the midfield, none of the midfielders must have played together. And the defence, the same. 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Chelsea retro combo squad. He has chosen... Check in goal. John Terry, Joe McLaughlin. That's 80s uh, McLaughlin. Terry, 2010. Aspie on the left, 2010-20. Interesting on the left, because that, of course, is where Aspie played originally, despite being right-footed and kept um, uh, the um, the ex, uh, was it Porto player on the bench who we bought? No, it was um, Atletico Madrid. Who was the, the full-back that we kept, the Brazilian? Who did, who did he keep out? Because we thought he'd play all season and didn't. He played Dave all season. Luis. Right. Yes, Luis, well-remembered, very good. Who was a very decent player, by the way. But um, Dave played out of his skin in that era. Absolutely phenomenal, playing left uh, left fullback. Um, uh, he's got Steve Clark from the nineties. Now, I'm not a great fan of Steve Clark. I I thought Steve was it was how can I put it? He was he was good in parts. He was uh, he wasn't consistent enough for me. So I would dispute that one. But nonetheless, fits the bill for this. Why is he nineties? Uh, right, fantastic player. Johnny B, 80s in the middle. Um, you could actually say that Conor Gallagher is similar to Johnny B with his work rate and ability and uh, passing ability. And I think actually Conor has a more crunching tackle. But Johnny B was a terrific midfielder. Very good choice, Kenroy. And of course, the great Frank Lampard, 2000s on the left. Uh, Gianfranco Zola's on the right. Uh, Kerry Dixon, the great from the 90s. And... Uh, uh, Eden Hazard on the left, and so that's his retro squad. Does anybody else have want you to missed come? Up, missed out the, the number nine, haven't you? I know. I mentioned Kerry. Did you? I'm sorry. I must have wandered yeah, off no somewhere. Problem. No, no problem. Yeah, yeah. The great Kerry Dixon at number nine. Okay, yeah. I, I think that's really good. I, I, I'd find that hard to argue with, and I, I think it, it, it's it. I, you know what? 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 One way of looking at it is you go. 
who was our best number nine? You know, in who was the, who was the best player yeah. in each decade? Right? Yeah, yeah. And I think you know, you go go for the, uh, you know, go in the eighties. Who was our best player in the eighties? Kerry Dixon, un- undeniably. Uh, Hazard in the two thousands, undeniably. Zola in the nineties, in, in in forward lines, undeniably. Look at the midfield. Lampard in the two thousand, absolutely. Uh, why is he in the nineties? Is interesting. I mean, who else in the midfield? Yeah, why is he? I mean, why not? I, I, I'm kind of like that, actually. I think that that's a good pick. Bummers in the 80s. Who was our best midfielder in the 80s, JK? Uh, Mickey Thomas for me. Yeah, but he was only there for a little while and he was, and he was a winger. He still played midfield. All right, not central midfield. Central midfield, I suppose, bummers. Um, bummers, all day long. All yeah. day long. All yeah. day long. Uh, check and goal, yeah, absolutely. Terry is a no-brainer. I love his choice of Joe McLaughlin. In the eighties, and I think that's bang on. Who, who else in central defence for Chelsea in the eighties would you pick? Colin Pates. I'm about to say Colin Pates. That would be the only other one in the eighties. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But Joe McLaughlin, I think that's a brilliant choice, Kenroy. Well done, you. You've been doing your history lessons. I think though Patesy would have played. I thought Patesy was a better player on the ball of the ball on the ground, and um, uh, and Joe McLaughlin had a season where he was a bit off it. He yeah. didn't play very well. But but, but it's yeah. a good pick. Um, I just think the choice of Aspie and Clarkie are the only ones that uh, you could debate. Debate. I think you could definitely. I mean, how can you not have Aspie because he has won it all, as we all know. Who who is the who who is the best? I was thinking of what you could do. You could have Joey Jones as your left back from the eighties and put Aspie on the right. Well, yeah, but then you've got two in the eighties because Joey Jones was great for us, even though it was past his sell-by date, but he won a European Cup. This was a very, 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 very good player. So you could have... Or you could have Soxy in there. You know, but... Uh, 90s. Yeah, but he played more wing-back, though. Mind you, he's got Clark as a kind of wing-back there, hasn't he, really? Yeah, so that's uh, those the only... Soxy was great. Soxy was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you know. Uh, but, who, I mean, who, who, are, who are our best right-backs of those three eras? Uh, 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 uh. You know, you can't have Branner because you've got Terry in there. So you can't have anybody in the 2000s. So no. in the 90s, who are our right-backs? Um, Clarky. Um, Dan Pet uh, Rescue? Was he... uh, uh, the, yes, but he, he played midfield more, though, didn't he, really? He was more... More of a wing-back. Okay, why, why is he if you wanted? Yeah, or a wing-back. Um, uh, Albert Ferrer played no. right-back. Wasn't as good as Clark. No, no. no. So Clarky, uh, Clarky, who was our right back in the eighties? Uh, we must have had many, but who stands out? Nobody springs to mind as being a, a great right back, um, or as good as Clarky, because Clarky spanned the eighties and he the nineties. So I'm uh, quite happy with that. I, there's not a lot I would change, if anything, in that, you know. Could you get is there is there is there an era for Jimmy instead of um, John Franco? If you're going to play, uh, if you're going to play Kerry, no. Nah. I mean, you 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 can't, you can't. I mean, he, he's managed to get in two of the best players that have ever played in our club, Hazard yeah. Hazard and Zola, without a doubt. And and he's got he's got in there. The striker who scored, you know, the, our, our leading striker, our goal for, in terms of goals scored, our leading striker. Because 
well, Bobby Tamlin was 60s, obviously, so that doesn't count. But, uh, you know, all the others got less than him in the, in the decades that we're talking about. And Frank was a midfielder, and he's in the side anyway. So, Ken, I, Kenroy, I commend you. I think, I think that is... I'd love to know how long you spent thinking that up, mate. But that's that's I think that's really impressive work, JK. Yeah. If Not anybody if anybody else comes in, perhaps they could, yeah, come up with some other ideas. Be great. Exactly that. Exactly that. You took the words right out of my mouth. Right, we're gonna have a very short break and then we will be back to um preview the game on Tuesday night, which is my favourite away game of the entire season because I don't have to travel very far, whereas all of my mates have to come down from London and they do. In fact, so parlous is this, is that I can get the train back at 11 o'clock and get and deposited back in Winchester, whereas uh, my mates can't get the 11 o'clock train because that will get them in at 1 o'clock in the morning via three changes. So, uh, yeah, we're talking about Southampton versus Chelsea, and I'm very pumped and excited to be going. Anyway, we'll see you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. And of course, I'm Stanford Chidge. Uh, we're now in part four, uh, where we're going to preview the Southampton versus Chelsea match to, uh, on, on Tuesday night. JK, good to have you with me, as always. And of course, Great. I drove past a magpie coming here. Did you, did you say, good evening, I, Mr. Magpie. How's your wife no, today? I said, hello, Captain, and so, saluted it. Oh, Was it one for sorrow, though? Yeah, just the one. Yeah, yeah. But I sang a Donovan song to it. The magpie is a most illustrious bird. <laughs> oh, well, that probably mitigated for the fact it, it that did, it did, it did. It lives in the diamond tree. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Twilight Zone or the Chelsea. Me. Yeah, we've also got, uh, <laughs> thankfully, we've also got the wonderful Alex Churchill on the show tonight to. I dare, dare I, I hesitate to say bring some sense to the show, but in present company, I was going to say if you're relying on me, I know. To well, there we go. Really off, we but... we are in trouble, aren't we? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, my favourite away game of the entire calendar, uh, very annoyingly, <laughs> happens to fall upon a Tuesday evening in August, which just will not do. But nevertheless, the friends, uh, the wonderful friends that I have, uh, managed to secure me a ticket because we all know they're like rocking horse shit. And uh, like Cinderella, I too will be going to the ball on Tuesday night and heading for the pub beforehand, which will be great fun. Uh, now, what can we say about the Southampton? Well, I mean, I, I, as I said, I always really enjoy this. Do you know what? Do you know what really? Do you know what? I'm going to start with the team because that's where. What do you want, Alex? Go on and get in there. I'm get just going to say, what can we say about the Southampton game? We can say that having watched Southampton so far, if we don't win this at least 4 0, we are. Dickheads. Well, I think that's that's getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, we're going to start with the team because that's what we always do on a Friday night. Uh, so why not do it on a Sunday night? JK, my offering for you is Maundy, Coolibally, Coolibally, Silva, Aspilicueta. I seem to be fixated on picking him even though he never gets picked. But I picked him again for this because... Fafana won't be ready. And the reason I've picked Asby is because Kante's not fit. I don't think he's going to start Kovacic. And Gallagher's 
suspended. So therefore, I think he'll put Jorginho and Loftus-Cheek together in the midfield. And I'm presuming he's going to be doing 3-4-3. Of course, he might do the 4-2-2-2, which screws up my entire plan. But You're being clever, Chidge, aren't you? You're being clever because you're I, noticing I, that, uh, that Gallagher is, is not yeah. playing. So, so Cheek must therefore play in the midfield. Yes. In which case, he can't therefore play the wing. James yes. can't play in the middle because he didn't have to play full because it would be Asby. And I agree with you completely. So there we go. So we also got we got James and Cucurella as the wing backs, obviously. Although I think it's I'm d- disappointed to see that Chilwell's not had much to do so far. But we'll get onto that in a minute. So Cucurella, James, and of course I'm he's going to stick with the same three up front because I don't think he has any other options. So Sterling, well, I mean you could put Pulisic in there, I suppose. Zh may have fucked off by then hudson Adoy doesn't like so sterling mount havertz for me there you go jk that's what do you reckon he could play kovacic instead of cheek but he could I do but mm. i don't think he will he only gave him 20 minutes he didn't really excel himself he looked all right he buzzed about but cheek is the man in possession at the moment and um and i agree completely i think you've uh i think you've got it spot on chidge yeah. yes i mean trevo could play right centre-back Trevor could brought in right centre-back instead of Dave which means oh, well, in actual fact in actual fact I think that may be the case I think he'll play um can Koulibaly play on the right or not well I mean you know you, you, I don't think he considers Dave capable of a 90, 90 minutes anymore mm-hmm. I agree with you completely I think I he's agree. right well you could but, he could be Chaloba could go right centre-back instead of Aspie or yes. he, he could go 4-4-2 again which means he'd have Cucurella and James as the full-backs uh, this is perhaps if 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 Kovacic is fit, so you'd have Jorginho Kovacic, then Cheek and Mount, like he did against Leicester first half. Because I think he I think he likes that idea. I think yes. he's quite tickled with that idea himself. But of course, it requires of you know you've got to have uh, either Kovacic or J, you know Jorginho Kovacic or Kante or Gallagher, or you know two of those four fit to do it. I think he'll bring coverage to John. I don't think he's like to give him another. Well, I, and that's why I think that's why I think he'll go three four three yeah. uh, and yeah. Cheek and Jorginho together. Alex, what say you? I I don't know that he'll pick Dave. I I honestly don't think he considers Dave a starting person anymore. I think he considers him a solid person capable of the last half hour or an emergency perhaps. So I don't think he's going to start with Dave. Um, I would have absolutely no problem if he did start with Chalabar. Um, yeah, that's about it. Mm. I obviously would love it if in the space of the next 12 hours somehow we signed a striker and it was all run through in enough time yeah. for him to turn out for Chelsea. Very <laughs> unlikely, which is why I don't think Fafana gets uh, a start either. I was, no. wondering, I was no. wondering whether he might, in fact, given that um, uh, Southampton like to press, whether he might actually play another uh, swifter player than Mount. Um, uh, d- just to try start it off with um, either Z- um, Zayek if he's still with the club or uh, uh, America Captain America but I have to say Pulisic came on oh and- baby Alonso with his floppy hair he was yeah but he was absolutely dreadful I wonder though if do you not think that that might actually work for Mount to uh, to leave him out uh, which obviously hurts, but to bring him on as an impact player and perhaps to yeah, change yeah. the course of the game in the second half or whatever, um, maybe a way of kickstarting. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree that might be something he considers in this particular game, game, game for game. You know, he, he's going to look at Saints and look at the way they play. Um, but no, I was disappointed in Pulisic coming on because 
he didn't do any pressing at all. He didn't press, didn't run. You think you've you're fresh, you've come on as a sub. He's just standing up. Yeah, you've literally Good come about. on because everyone else is shagged out from yeah, playing yeah. the 10 men. Yeah. You were the fresh legs, yeah. use them. There was a moment I mean, your legs are made of twiglets, but yeah. come on, dude. Yes, yes. And then a bit of them might fall out and somebody might fall off and somebody might nibble the, a bit. The, the there American was an occasion when um, twiglets are a wheat based snack kind of um, a, a little cheeto that snaps. It's not the same as, um, <laughs> they're like mini cacti, aren't they, in America? Yeah, they're a bit tougher than Cheetos, but they're the same shape oh, as they the are. Cheetos. I noticed he came on and the fullback got the ball, Leicester fullback got the ball, but it was rolled out to him. And and he just stood there by the centre circle and made a pathetic attempt at heading it when it was kicked vaguely towards him, as opposed to a break, a, shutting the bloke down, closing him down, running after him. So I heard a rumour that United had signed him on loan midweek and I didn't care. I you mean, know, that's I, a lot, doesn't I, it? I was thinking that would be very interesting. But I'm afraid I stood up in my seat in the East stand and said, Pulisic, what? Move, you bugger, move. OK, um, I can tell you that... Uh, Ant- is moving us on here. Well, I'm, yeah. yeah. Uh, Anthony has uh, signed for United. It's just, oh, just been announced. That right. perhaps they've given up on getting a Bamiyan. Well, it also means that uh, ZH may be going back to, to Ajax. We shall see. Right, well, listen, I can, I can tell you... Like, what's, that, what's that Vicky Pollard thing? Look at my face. Yeah. My listen, I can tell you, I can tell you that... Uh, well, i tell you what, actually. <laughs> J- JK's reminded me that Saints do, and Tuchel said this, didn't he, before the Leeds match, that Saints do play like Leeds do. They press, 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 press. I really hope very much that they don't play like Leeds did against us or like we did against Leeds because we're in for trouble. The history books, Alex is a big fan of history books, tell us that this will not be the case. Southampton haven't won a home head-to-head with Chelsea since March 2013, which means they've lost, they've drawn two and lost seven. And, uh, I mean, I forgot this. We beat them 6-0 last year. I know I wasn't there because I'd run off to see Killing Joke in Leeds and I missed it. We were great. Yeah, I forgot all about that. But I mean, our our overall record against uh, Southampton, either at the Dell or St Mary's, i.e. since the Premier League started, is quite good, actually. This is a happy hunting ground for us. We've uh, played 23, won 14, drawn four, lost five. Uh, And as as they said, we haven't lost there since uh, March 2013 under Rafa Benitez, I believe. I think about the next uh, the, the next week we wallop them in the FA Cup. But anyway, that's another story. So, yeah, it's a happy hunting ground for our boys. Um, yeah, I mean, the other five defeats, by the way, uh, were all by a, by one goal margin. So, uh, yes, so they, they, they quite often be tight, apart from the 6-0 from last year. Um, each of Chelsea's last four league away games have been won or lost to nil. So uh, another clean sheet would be lovely. And four of Southampton's last five Premier League fixtures were goalless at half-time. Of course, they come into this on the back of losing to United 1-0. Um, they were they played so, quite well. Yeah, they they, well. they did play well. They beat Leicester they, uh, away 2-1. They came back there. They came back to draw with Leeds 2-all. And, of course, they got royally humped by Spurs on the opening day of the season. Um, so I think they're, you know, they're not... I don't think... Look, the record books say... Easy win, pushover. I think current current form says this is not going to be a pushover. This is going to be quite a tough match where we might have to be patient, 
I think is how I would describe this. Patient and nick it. Nah, fuck them. <laughs> Three nil. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Maybe the gin and the rum talk here, but fuck them. Yeah. No, come on, Chidge, come on. No, I'm, I'm, You're a man. No, I'm, look, awful so far. They put in a half-decent performance against a shockingly bad worst of my lifetime manchester united team if we don't who had just who had just just beaten liverpool fine but whatever if we don't spank this a lot we need that we need to line them up and cock punch them Mm. one by one they've got livramento they've got walker peters they've got james ward prowse he's a decent player he takes Um, good free kicks Whatever. I'm going with outrageous optimism and you all can suck it. Yeah, yeah. I can't find find any reason for us not winning. (laughs) Did you want a sensible answer? Yeah, go on. I still think think we'd be morons to lose this. That's not particularly sensible. No, well, I think she's got a point. I I think the point is, is that, I mean, look, it was a great. Maybe it won't be three nil, and it won't be easy. But yeah, maybe, but it was a, it, come it, away without a result would be. I think we good. need we need to start doing this because I mean I was hoping that would happen against Leicester, but it all went tits up when Gallagher got sent off. But nevertheless, it was a really good win. It was galvanising. It was a great team performance. It was you know winning in adversity ticks a lot of boxes for me. But we we do need to start you know hitting our straps. And I mean the interesting thing is is that. Um, the, the professionals say it takes four to five games for you to kind of get back up to speed, to get kind of match sharp after after the summer, you know, after pre-season and all, all of that. And we're getting into that territory now. So sooner or later, you know, we are going to hit our straps. We've What have we done so far? We've done, yeah, we're still not in, it's one, two, three, four. This will be our fifth game of the season. So, you know, there's a good chance we might be on it by now, but we'll see. I, I you know... I still think I'll, I, I do worry about G- Jorginho getting pressed to shit on on Tuesday, but uh, early goal does it as always for me, JK. I think. Yes, we were fantastic against them last year, but it was Alonso who was absolutely on fire. So uh, it'll have to be Cucurello who scores the first very early on. I think. Um, I think the fact that Sterling scored a brace and could have had a, should have had a hat trick, in fact, against Leicester on Saturday, is also good. He actually said that once he scores, he think he'll keep. He thinks he'll keep on scoring. So, uh, and we 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 must appreciate that he is uh, a terrific player, and uh, I think he'll score, and I think we'll win easily, three nil. Um, okay. Think, well, they've got. I think they've got um, this. Uh, Bella Kotchap's a decent player for them. Um, uh, a very swift player. They've got Armstrong and Adams up front, but I'm not scared of them much. Lord Prowse hits a very good free kick, as I've said. A decent player, I think, would look better in a better side, actually. Um, uh, Gineppo's not bad, but uh, I think Bella Kotchap's their best player at the moment. So, you know, I, I'm not looking at any of their team and thinking, oh, my goodness, they're, they're terrific. And uh, and I think United are very poor, as Alex said. I think we'll, uh, I think we'll do well. I'm, I'm so pleased that... Um, Shane Long no longer plays for them. He's gone to Reading back to them because he was always likely to uh, wind everybody up and um, get, get somebody sent off um, not, and probably score from a very long ball kick to him, which he just volley in and him scoring for Ireland like that. No, he was a very decent player. They seem to have just uh, 
Um, they've got rid of a lot of, uh, of I think they would consider their, their dead wood, but I also thought were quite good. Will Colwell play? Here's the point um, during the week. I think he might. No idea. I think he might because he is a he's a he's a a Southampton player now, isn't he? No, isn't he? No, he went to Brighton. Absolutely correct. I'm so sorry. You're absolutely right. I got that completely wrong. So look, you're going for you're going three nil. Yes, please, Alex. You're going three nil. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go two nil. I'm going to be a bit more cautious this week. Let's see. No, I, well, I, I I went a bit large the other day, and I I suffered, oh, okay. I suffered from you get it. Burned for it. I got burned in the. I've had a shocker. What did you predict for Leicester? Three one. So I wasn't far out. Uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, I, I had a shocker in the old prem predictions again. I'm afraid, but there you go. Right, that's all we've got time for tonight. Um, I will be going uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, I hope to see Alex there on Tuesday. Um, I'm going to be meeting some great people as well. Um, Including Nick Vellaney from London is Blue. He's coming along to this game. He's coming, he's coming all the way over from Kansas. Clearly in that funny house that uh, Dorothy got taken away in, in a, in a you know, what do they call it? Typhoon thing. Yeah, okay, that joke fell very flat. Um, I think, uh, like the hurricane, the tornado. Yeah, tornado, now. yeah, yeah. Nick okay. Vellaney's coming via, via house in a tornado to be with us on Tuesday night. No, I don't know how, I don't know what he's doing over here, but he, he texted me and I'm going to see him on Tuesday, which should be great. Anyway, that is all we've got time for tonight. JK and me will be back with Mark Meehan and Liam Toomey from The Athletic this coming Friday to preview the match uh, at home to West Ham on Saturday, which is, by the way, but a lot of people are in this boat um i have had plans to do something on this saturday for a year uh, and i can't go to the west ham match now because the fuckers have moved it to saturday when it was on sunday i was going to be doing all sorts of interesting exciting things on the sunday before and after the game so thank you uefa you absolute bunch of gareth's uh, do we know um, what time yet? Two o'clock. Two o'clock, I'm pretty sure. I don't know is the honest answer. Still but... saying TBC. I think it depends yeah. on the tweets, doesn't it? What they do. So there you go. So uh, nevertheless, I will preview it with JK and Mark and Liam on Friday night. And uh, obviously we'll have a, a bit of a recap on the Southampton matches. It'll be our chance to do that. Uh, and of course, we'll also be, it could be a long show on Friday because we also ought to think about the transfer window closing and all these other players that we're going to sign, JK. So it's going to be a busy night Friday. Or not, Chief. Or not, as the case may be. We did promise we would pick Liam's very large brain about all of that, didn't we, on Friday? Yeah, we yeah. we failed. No, no, we will get him on Friday to, to do that. Oh, no, well, then I say, but after the transfer window's closed, well, yeah. what's the use of asking him then? It'll all be no, out because we can have his analysis of it. Oh, his analysis. I see. It's I kind of how it works, JK. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Where, where they get fitted in, yeah, if there are any. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Right. Uh, Chelsea Fancast uh, is available as a podcast on uh, ChelseaFancast.com. Acast is the main provider, but it's also on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, pretty much every podcast distributor going. It is on, including Alexa. Oh, shit. I shouldn't have done that, should I? Oh, she, she's asleep, so that's all right. But yes, you can you can have it on that. Uh, or you know, I've said it. That's enough. You know, uh, Patreon. If you uh, want to become a Chelsea fancast patron, help us to cover the costs of the shows, etc., etc. Uh, then please do. Um, it look. There's no pressure. You can donate or not donate. I will love you equally if you do or you don't. Um, and as much as you want, or as little as you want per month, 
to patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. We don't have tears or anything like that. I just can't be asked to do all that kind of stuff. You know, you, either you want to give us a bit of love or you don't. It's that simple. If you do, uh, I will send you at my own expense uh, a carried, and I don't mind doing that, by the way, even if you do live in Australia, um, I will send you a Kerry Dixon mini banner, a replica of the one that hangs in the Matthew Harding. The new one was up on Saturday. Did you see it, JK? It looked fantastic. I did. I, it was much more prominent than the Dave one. But the Dave one has been changed to he's won it all, which mm. I wonder whether was Dave himself not really liking. Let's let's call him Dave. But the very fact they changed it was nice, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah. But the ours is a bit clearer. It's bigger and clearer. We've, yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed it first. I couldn't see ours. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Because you couldn't see it before. That's what I used to find. It no, used, that's true. Yeah, it's true. It used to upset me. So there we go. So that's good to see that there. Well, Patreon helped to fund that. So it's a good thing. But you will get a mini banner if you want one. And you can join our Discord group, which is great fun. It's like Mixler 24-7. You'll love it. Uh, and, of course, do send your emails to us at chelseafancast at gmail.com or message me or Patreon, Instagram, or Tweet, or Facebook. We're on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast. It's very simple. I'm also at Stanford Chid. Jonathan is at Jonathan Kidd. Alex, what what uh, Twitter handle do you prefer these days? I'm trying to merge them together because I no longer care about keeping my football waffling separate from my real life. So Churchill underscore Alex. There you go. Um, yeah, if I don't to... have time to do both. Lovely. So do... You've heard it there from Alex if you want to tell her how much you love her. Uh, right, we all love her. We love seeing her. We Alex, love you, Alex. Yeah, we do love you. It's brilliant. We love you. <laughs> brilliant oh, seeing you. Thank you for standing in at such short notice as well. You, and, and also doing this while you should be at a party upstairs getting pissed or I'm more pissed. Now. No, you can. All right, my love. Well, I'll see you on Tuesday. Oh, give, me a, give me a ring when you get... If, well, you'll already be there, won't you? So I'll ring you when I I'm there. So, yeah. I'm aiming for about five. Up. I'm aiming for about five, all right? Okay. Great cool. stuff. Lovely stuff. Uh, uh, JK, it's been fabulous as always. Totally and utterly wonderful. And I will see you again on Friday. That'll be me. Lovely. Thanks for listening. You lot out there, brilliant. Well done, the mix of people. See you on Friday. Till then, keep it blue, keep it careful, keep it chill. Up the chill. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 